here live in Jerusalem, one of the most talked about weeks of the year. Welcome to a JM and AM Tuesday broadcast as um, one of the uh, one of the weeks 
uh, literally, that we've been speaking about for months is finally here. Uh, I know the week officially started yesterday and we were in New York with our Monday jam in the AM, but uh, now that we are in Jerusalem with some incredible programming over the next couple of days and anticipating tomorrow night's Yom NCSY, which will be Thursday's JM in the AM, there is just a, a tremendous excitement surrounding our broadcast. It's a, a feeling we picked up from the plane with people who uh, were very excited about us coming to Israel and a great feeling that we've gotten here at the Inbal Hotel and through the city of Jerusalem with a lot of excitement that JM and AM and the Nachum Siegel Network is here in the Holy City. Miriam L. Wallach is here. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. And good morning to all of our listeners. That was a good sentence, by the way, the week we've been talking about for months. Yes, it is. A and week. days. It's actually a week we've been talking about for a year when you think about it, because we knew right. since last year this was one of our goals to get back here this week with Yom NCSY. Uh, we should point out a couple of things right off the bat. First of all, there are going to be programs this week where people can comment in real time on our app. This is one of them. Correct. This is one of the programs you can comment on real time in our app, uh, as is obvious to many people. And we're doing our Thursday morning JM in the AM from Wednesday nights, Yom NCSY. It doesn't work out that way. Uh, you're certainly welcome to comment. But you wouldn't be able to comment in real time. Today, as we speak to many, many, many distinguished guests, you'll be able to comment in real time. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, as I like to say. Comment away. So that's the first thing. And secondly, we are heading, starting tomorrow night, to a, a, to a really strong 24-plus hours with NCSY. Mm-hmm. First, Yom NCSY, and then spending time with Michalelet and with Kolel. Right. Anybody out there who has special messages that you think would be fun to include, for an NCSY um, um, youngster in the program, an NCSY staff member, uh, all you got to do is send it to us, Nachum and NachumSiegel.com, with subject line NCSY, and we're going to try to work it into the broadcast, uh, starting with the old NCSY tomorrow night, which again will air Thursday morning in New York and the entire world. So that's a couple of things that we wanted to say off the bat so people can be involved. With what we're doing, a lot of Facebook Live coming up, including today, sure. which means a lot of the interviews that we will be uh, featuring uh, this morning. I know it's afternoon here in Jerusalem, but this morning we're going to be doing uh, on Facebook Live. You'll be able to check that out by going to facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. And um, some of the footage, pictures, stories from Yom NCSY and the rest of the week will be... Um, will be posted on Facebook, Instagram. I know that Yoni's already gotten some tremendous compliments on the Instagram stories. From the most important person. <laughs> from Penina here at the Inval. Correct. <laughs> Very impressed with his social media acumen. Well, because we also love it when we work with clients who are just as into social media as we are. Right. And therefore, that kind of reciprocal relationship actually works. And when when they're tagged, they share it, and that's the one of the blessings of social media when that relationship works, and it works really well with the inbal. Thank God we have a very strong relationship with the inbal, and they are unbelievably hospitable. And there was nothing like getting here at eight o'clock in the morning after battling Jerusalem rush hour traffic, and going straight into breakfast. <laughs> that was a good feeling. <laughs> now um, we're going to head to a selection by Eitan Freilich. When we come back. A very special guest is here with us in Jerusalem. Earlier, t- I'll give you a hint. Earlier today, um, someone welcomed me by WhatsApp to Israel, and I sent back a smiley face emoji and then a 
uh, an emoji of a glass of wine. You've gotten very into and they, emojis. And they said, and they responded, Yoni's proud of me, and they responded by saying, oh, is Simon with you? <laughs> like they thought that was an automatic symbol Funny. that Simon must be with us. Simon is with us, and we'll hear from him coming up. You're listening to uh, the most amazing thing that we do, and that is travel to Israel and bridge the gap between the state of Israel and the diaspora. We do this every once in a while. It is one of the hallmark and most incredible aspects of the Nahum Siegel Network as we continue with our, uh, the part of our mission statement that has to do with promoting Israel, especially in a very positive fashion. And we are going to be speaking with uh, leaders from many different organizations. People are doing some great work in these parts. Uh, tomorrow we are going to be centered on the theme of what's going on in Moshav, Mevomodiin. Mm-hmm. We're not 100% sure what that means yet, other than we will have some <laughs> special guests right. with us. Right, right. Um, and then, of course, Thursday and Friday, Yom NCSY in the Michlelet and NCSY Kolel. Eitan Freilich's next. We're live in Jerusalem. Oh, I didn't mention where we are. We're actually in, I guess we'd call this the party room? Well, meeting room? No, I would probably say this is the private room or the chef's table. The private room. This is the in chef's the, table at the O2 restaurant. Correct. In, in the, the Inbal, Inbal Hotel. Their new, their new restaurant, and it is glorious. Right, and they have some beautiful wine glasses. I guess I would indicate that they have a great wine selection. Well, at 8 a.m. New York time. We will be featuring not only um, some of their wines, I'm sure, but some of their appetizers and a a Mm. number of different dishes. So while everyone in New York is sitting down to their bagel and cream cheese, we will be dining here at the O2 restaurant. So maybe we should postpone our conversation with Simon until the appropriate time. Well, I don't know how long Simon wants to (laughs) hang around here. (laughs) All right. We'll figure it out. More coming up. Eitan Freilich at JM in the AM.
Eitan Freilich here at JM in the AM. Welcome to a uh, Tuesday, everybody. Feel free to comment on the NSN app. Go to the NSN Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Uh, let us know where you are. Let us know what you think of our broadcast from Israel. After all, this is day one of an amazing four-day journey. Today we're at the Inbal Hotel where we are based again. They are our headquarters, and they are good at it, at being the headquarters for us and for everybody out there who stays at the Inbal and relies on them. So we thank the Inbal Hotel here on Jabotinsky Street in Yerushalayim. And uh, we remind you that we are here Tuesday through Friday of this week and a lot of exciting programming uh, today, tomorrow, and of course Thursday and Friday with our friends at NCSY. Well, I mentioned the uh, chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative and somebody who has the opportunity to be in Israel a lot more than we are, and that is, of course, the wonderful Mr. Simon Jacob. Simon, shalom, shalom. Welcome to Jerusalem. Thank you very it's much. A pleasure. Whenever I ask you how things are, you say to me, "Great, because I'm in Jerusalem." I'm Jerusalem. Yep. How? <laughs> how much? What better is it can about this it? city, Simon? What <laughs> is it that makes you have a spring in your step as you walk to synagogue in the morning and as you walk back and enjoy a delicious breakfast? What is it about this town that I, does that to you? Actually, I missed breakfast this morning. <laughs> I walked up to Hartzion. I have a shear up there. I have a. a class with uh, one of the Rebbeim up on uh, Mount Zion. And what puts a spring in my step is that every step you take through the old city and around this city of Jerusalem, you just see people from all over the world visiting. It's just amazing. There, there, there are so many people here. No matter what time of year. Uh, it's just, it's just incredible, especially now. Now it's like you yeah. have to walk through crowds. And, but it's, and you it's walk amazing. around and hear a lot of different languages. And every see language on earth, every possible background, yep. Jew and non-Jew alike. Yep, yep. And you say to yourself, "Wow, this is the the culmination of the Nivuah. This is the amazing and incredible kibbutz goliot, both for Jews and non-Jews, that we've been reading about for thousands of years." So I took a short video this morning that I'm going to post on Facebook later, but um, there are a whole bunch of kids. I mean, a ton of kids, all singing and dancing in the fountain at Park Teddy this morning right. as I walked past. And it was just absolutely uh, exactly what the prophecy says. There would be children, boys and girls, singing and dancing in the street. And boy, they were singing and dancing this morning. <laughs> it was amazing to see. I, I also saw crazy. I saw a crazy thing. I saw a tour guide who was talking to a group and saying, you know, on Shabbat, on Sabbath, uh, Jews can't operate cars, Jews can't uh, light fires, Jews can't use lights, Jews can't do that. And he was just going on and on mm -hmm. with the can't and the can't and the can't. And I turned to him and I said, wait a second, wait a second. I'm a Jew and you're a Jew. I can do all of those things, even on Sabbath. It's not about what I can do. It's about what I do do. And that's what defines us as being Jews. Um, it's not that we can't. We all have free will. We can do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. But this is what we choose to do and where we choose to be. 
And um, sometimes people just forget that. They think like, you know, we're, we're living under handcuffs or something. We're not. We're living because we're living a life that we choose. The great Simon Jacob is here. He is uh, most of the time now in Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, it used to be that you were more time in New Jersey than Jerusalem. And there's always a comparison between New Jersey and Israel in terms of size. We always talk about New Jersey and Jerusalem. But you have a limited... New Jersey and Israel. New, New Jersey, Jersey and Israel, yeah, right. Yeah, no, no worries. And you have a, uh, you, you still have ties, obviously, to New Jersey, both I, family and I'm there once and a York, month. Right? I'm there you're once back, a month. You're back once in a while. But yes. now this is the place. This is where you have this is really where I come home set to. down your roots with. You consider your home, your homeland, and where you uh, have the most enjoyment living a daily life. So actually, I have a very, very special uh, time right now because except for one son who's in, who went back to Bergenfield but left his wife and children in our house. Um, I have every one of my children and grandchildren in Israel at the wow. moment. And it's, uh, it's a handful, and it's, but it's unbelievably great. It's really a lot of fun. What a wonderful feeling, huh? It's great. It's just Shabbat was amazing. It was totally amazing here. So, Baruch Hashem. Thank and when God. people ask you about uh, they themselves making a move to Israel, you find ways to encourage them you find ways to 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 help them figure it out to make it work it, you know it's 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 not um so simple and i would be foolish if i told you yeah it's super simple yeah, just do it but the truth is you really need to just do it and all of the people that i know who have made aliyah um thank god they're doing they're doing well they, they're not doing well the way they thought they would um, but they're doing really, really, many of them are doing exceptionally well. And uh, it, this is an incredible place. It's, it's modern, as modern as you want it to be, it's as ancient as you want it to be. It's got all of the, it's got all of the things you could, you could want. It's, and the entire world is uh, seeking its technology. Every, every single. It's innovation, it's yeah, inventions. Yeah, every single time I'm here, there's another leader blocking my parking lot from being able to get in and out, um, you know, from whichever country in the world they're coming from. So it's, 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 it's true, and, and it's amazing. You should see how many Chinese people are here. It's, like, amazing. This, is, this whole country doesn't have as many people as they have in, in a city in China, in some of the cities in China, and, and there are Chinese here, busloads and busloads coming to see because they just see that there's something something unusual, something different, something special. Chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative. And Simon, as always, this trip includes some unity aspects to it, as you yeah, know. So yeah. we'll be doing some Jewish unity. We'll be doing some amazing conversations with people doing great work. You're an admirer of the organizations we're going to be speaking with this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, and it should be a great success, Bezrat Hashem. Please, God. Please, God. And I especially look forward to... Um, to trying to do something tomorrow yeah. uh, about um, the Moshav, the Moshav, um, Moshav Modin, because they were really devastated by the fires, and uh, and that's really an incredible cause. And you know, all of us sing in our synagogues Karbach tunes, and this was like the birthplace, or not maybe not the birthplace, it, yeah. but definitely the center of. Um, so many musicians and so much music uh, that we hold dear to ourselves, and it's really special. So anything we can do to help them is worth doing. And Bezrat Hashem, we will. Thank you, Simon Jacob. Pleasure. More coming up. It's JM in the AM from Jerusalem.
J.M. in the A.M. with Jakob Schwecki. That's called Shivisi. We're in Jerusalem. Imagine that. You don't have to imagine. It's true. We're in Jerusalem. And we uh, welcome the comments on the app. Uh, Yoni's checking our app as we speak. Uh, feel free. All right, maybe not this moment because you just started the Facebook Live video. But uh, Miriam's checking the app. Thank you very much. What a team. An amazing team. Um, and I thank everybody for tuning in. And we are, of course, on day one of a four-day journey. Uh, to the Holy Land. I just mentioned to Ilana Goldscheider how nice it is to reunite in the holy city of Jerusalem. She joins us. She is the uh, founding director of the Elaine and Norm Brodsky Darkenu program for Torah Stone. I remind you, we will have Ray Brander on to speak about the significant uh, event, the uh, Chagasmicha that's, uh, that uh, we'll be talking about. Uh, Ilana Goldscheider, welcome to JM in the AM. Oh, thank you very much. I have much. a feeling it's not the first time you're on this show. No, it is, actually. <laughs> is and welcome. The first time? Yes, thanks With so much for having me. With all the amazing me. work you've done in this area of Jewish life? Oh. Wow, that's pretty funny. But a lot of people you've worked with have been, yes. have been on this show, that's for sure. All right, uh, tell us about the Darkenu program and the association with Artura Stone. Okay, so Darkenu is now um, just finishing its 16th year. Um, we were our school... Um, that is for girls and boys with special needs to come to Israel for the year and have their year like everybody else. This was a brainchild way back when in Camp Marasha days um, when I way back made bunks in Camp Marasha for special needs girls and boys. And I said, I had a student who then came to me and said, I want to go to Israel for the year like everybody else. I finished high school with everybody and now I want to go to Israel. And I said, uh, okay, let's do it. And a year later, I went to Ortova Stone. I went to Tova Ryan then. said to Tova, I have an idea for you. How, what do you think about bringing special needs girls so they also can feel like everybody else and be in Israel for the year and do their thing like everyone else gets the chance? She looked at me and in 10 minutes said, what an amazing idea. We'd love to have you here. And Ortova Stone embraced us. And thank God now, 16 years later, um, we are been running our school. And then um, 13 years ago, we started the boys' school, and that's in uh, in the Gush. And that's also affiliated with Ortora Stone? That belongs to Ortora Stone. Uh, it's funny because you just gave a two-minute synopsis of something that we've heard about for years because we have, we've met people um, with the background that you described who had told us that they actually went for a year to Israel. I don't know if it's a full year or how many months it is. Uh, but this, you know, the gap year concept to go to Israel and to be with their classmates and all the other, you know, New York, New Jersey and other areas, kids that are uh, in Israel for the year. And uh, a lot of people might be skeptical. How can it work? They're so far away from home. They need, quote unquote, special education. But all these areas somehow all fit together and it worked out, huh? It works out beautifully. I think that many of our students have been students who are mainstreamed in regular schools up until through high school. Right. So um, the natural next level was, well, if everyone else is going, wh- wh- why shouldn't I also get to go? Um, they come to our, our setting, which is a very specialized program, meaning there's a lot of staff around for them so that their needs are all met. We give them social skills and life skills. Um, They go to work. There's a full work program every morning because our students can't learn all day long. So they're busy working. Um, and then they have and then they have time actually with each other, which is actually one of the greatest gifts that they get their year in Israel. Most of people with special needs are the one, the two in a class. All of a sudden they come to a school where there are ten girls, twelve boys, ten in a classroom. People just like them with the same interests, same needs, um, but they now have friends. Um, throughout high school and younger than that, they had people who liked them. Sometimes even people who did chesed to be with them. 
all of a sudden their peers are, are just, just like them, hanging out, being together, enjoying. It is such a great idea. Ilana Goldschott is with us. Uh, what happens right now in July? Are you looking toward this coming year? Are all the classes set already for who's coming to Israel in September? Correct. Well, we still have spaces if somebody still is interested in the boy and the girl schools. Um, but this summer we normally take a chance to regroup, to relook, to reevaluate, to figure out what the right, um, if everything worked the right way. One of the nice things is that every year I get new staff, new um, st students who come who are madrichot or madrichim, mm. and they start new, we start new. So we reevaluate the year every single year to sort of say what was right, what wasn't right. Um, many of our students return each year to us. They don't just come for one year, they come for many years. And because of that, I like to change it up so that no one feels bored or we did this same thing last year. And therefore, we spend the summer sort of redoing all that. There must be something to the fact that it's happening in the area of Israel where it's happening, right? So the beauty, Not to put down any other geographic location uh, of Israel, you, yeah. but when you're in the Gush or that area, there's something extra special about it. I think that the beauty of Israel is that the country belongs to everyone. And all of a sudden, our students are on equal levels than everybody else. I get to go to Israel. You get to go to Israel. The Kotel, we're all diving at the Kotel. All Jews diving in the Kotel. And there's this feeling of we belong. Um, and since everyone else gets to come, again, why shouldn't we get to come too? Uh, but the magic, I had a student this past year who had never been to Israel. Um, and when she went to the Kotel, and she, like, we blindfolded her, and she walked in and <laughs> saw it for the first time. She's like... Oh my God, I've been davening. We've been learning about Israel and Yerushalayim. And here I am standing where everybody else gets to stand. And now I get to stand here too. Amazing. Ilana Goldschrader is with us. Artura Stone, the Elaine and Norm Brodsky, Darkenu program. She's the founding director. Um, are the parents, or if you go back 16 years, were the parents very hesitant to take this step? Because very often with those with special backgrounds, the parents have to be even more on top of their children, do they hesitate to send them 6,000 miles away? I think some initially do, um, and then they, they do it and they trust. Um, I think also for many parents, this is an amazing year of respite also. Um, I had a parent who once said to me, I've never knew a Sunday morning before. I didn't know you can just sit around and drink a cup of coffee and read a paper because your daughter was upright and early ready to go. Um, it's a year also for the families to look at their other children and give them a chance to sort of connect to them when they've given so much energy and attention to their special needs child. So I think the parents, although um, a little bit nervous, um, I think nowadays also with WhatsApps and cell right. phones and FaceTime, life has changed for everybody. Um, but I, I think this chance away and the respite of not having to really worry um, is for them a wonderful gift also. Does it go September to Pesach or September to June? Oh, so our, we start after the Chagim. Ah. Um, Chagim are times to be with family, so we wait and then we run till the end of June. Oh, very good. Straight so through. really a full, uh, yeah. full program. Yeah. Information about all of this, what should people do? Um, they are more than welcome to check the website under Darkenu. We spell it interesting, D-A-R-K-A-Y-N-U. <laughs> more literal spelling for our special needs population. Um, we are on that's Facebook. A yeah, that's yeah, the reason. Very cool. Um, we are on Facebook. There's a Dar uh, Midrashit Darkenu page, Darkenu Programs page. Um, and check us out, please. And if you know anyone, um, anyone who has a child who might potentially uh, can fit with us, that would be great. The other thing that we've sort of expanded to is a student who is of not special needs in learning, but physically special needs, um, who wants to come to Israel but needs a lot of physical help. We had a student last year in a wheelchair um, who needed staff to really help her with most things, and yet intellectually she was completely fine and wanted to go and learn for the year in Israel. 
and um, Darkinu facilitated her ability to sit in Lindenbaum and learn and do classes by giving her the right staff and the right planning and the programming and readjusting schedules on days that had to be adjusted for a girl in a wheelchair. Boy, that's pretty amazing. Um, what did I read? That now the old city is completely wheelchair accessible? Uh, right? almost, almost, almost. Hopefully during it's your tour here, you'll see it. It's a tough country it's a very to be wheelchair country. accessible. Uh, for those who've never been to Israel, you can't even imagine if you're used to what's going on in New York and New Jersey. Right. Well, it's just on different. simple sidewalks, if right. nothing else. You it's know. very difficult. Um, that is true. And in the Gush um, area, also very hard, I assume. Um, well, they redid the yeshiva, so the yeshiva is very accessible. Um, but anything, once you leave and go anywhere and try to get right. to some place, um, we've learned tremendous amounts about what is really accessible, even though when something says it's accessible. Right. Um, but the country, thank God, is aware and doing their best and really trying to accommodate, which is really amazing. And the parent with a physically challenged child who's now hearing what you're saying, and they're not sure how physically challenged you and your staff can handle here, it's worth the inquiry, right? They should. Oh, it's worth I mean, again, the student that we had was physically stuck. I mean, really did very little. Um, right. We had a student two years ago who really was stuck in her wheelchair. Um, and so from that range, too, we have a student coming next year who doesn't have any arms. Um, and therefore, he still can come and learn and do. Um, even he can walk and do that stuff, but he has no arms, which means staff needs to help him with certain basic needs. Um, and yet we would love to have him. And we believe everyone should have a chance to come to Israel and learn Torah. Amazing. It's incredible how your name has become synonymous with this work. And I'm sure you're very proud of that. And it's a wonderful to have you on the air. Ilana Goldscheider, our Torah Stone. It's Elaine and Norm Brodsky, Darkenu program. She's the founding director. If any of this appeals to you as a parent, check it out. You could do so on the Darkenu website, part of our Torah Stone. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. We are live in Jerusalem on a Tuesday, and you're listening to JM in the AM.
We're live in Jerusalem. If you want to comment on the app, go right ahead. Listener Terry already commented. Terry says, uh, Boker Tov, happy for you. Thank you. We're always happy when we come to the Holy City. Malki, listener Malki, who I think is here, says, Welcome, nothing better than walking the streets of Jerusalem. As Simon said, there is nothing better than that. Walking the streets of Jerusalem is amazing and incredible. In fact, Miriam L. Wallach is back. I don't think we've actually walked the streets of Jerusalem yet. We've really just walked from the from the car the couple of feet to the uh, front of the hotel. We, we actually haven't been out yet. People, it's funny. People come here as guests, and they say, how long have you been here? We go, since, since 7 o'clock this morning. We've walked to the buffet and back to the <laughs> right, table. And back it. to the table and to the buffet. And Simon claims, as rightfully, that every step in Jerusalem is a mitzvah. So we have to ask him if the buffet is included. I'm for you, sure. And you keep walking back and forth. And you're making... Right, we're okay. making brachas every time we sure it's also every time we eat something. I didn't know the rules, so now I know the rules. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Um, <laughs> By the way, speaking of Baruch Hashem, the weather today and the weather Thursday totally. I, I would use the word doable for July in Jerusalem in the mid to high 80s. Well, why are you mentioning today and Thursday? Because tomorrow is going to be rough. Oh, tomorrow's going to be a difficult day. <laughs> tomorrow is tomorrow. Night. Yes, tomorrow it seems there's a high of 97, which is Cham Meod. Simon says no big deal. Right. No, but Simon, when, it gets, to, when it gets to 110, then Simon starts to panic. That's when it right. That's, that, when it that's when it becomes a problem. Um, in the next hour, by the way, when we welcome our friends from or, from uh, the One Israel Fund, right. so Rabbi Marcus, who will be on with you in you know I guess 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes or so, right. um, he start. I I spoke to him. I don't know, give or take an hour ago. Yeah. And he said he said hi, Mary, and welcome home. And that is the the I mean the classic and appropriate reaction to our broadcasting from here. That's our theme. That it is it. That is our theme. That is it. Welcome home. We are home right now, and the, as I as I mentioned during my very brief appearance uh, before most of at Vacation Villages past Shabbos, the future of the Jewish people. It was by my choice. Very brief. They said do a very short Tvartara, so I figured I'll please the crowd. Okay, so appearance really made it sound like you were in you were in shul for four seconds no, and then bolted it before Musaf. That's what that sounded the like. The appearance in front. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, Your guest appearance. Correct. Okay, sure. By the way, some great comments on the app, including one that's specifically for Ilana Goldshire, so we should make sure to send that to her. Anyway, so in this brief appearance, yes. the um, the theme was the future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what I am trying to drive home. That is why I have certain partners in my professional career that I take very seriously. Um, Thank the, you. Those who are along with me are ready to <laughs> are ready to proclaim that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Say it clearly and unequivocally: future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Now, believe me, it's a message I need as well. We all as need. you know, the majority of my days I spend in New York, so believe me, I need the message repeated very often as well. Uh, but in this era, in this era, when we see the uh, the world coming to the feet of leaders in Jerusalem, when we feel the discomfort of certain atmospheres in many, many countries, United States right. and cer- certain European countries, etc. We find it uncomfortable being Jewish sometimes um, and being supporters of what's right. And I don't mean politically right. Mm-hmm. I mean what's, what's correct. Um, so Morally all, correct. Right. So with all that, it's very important to remind everybody that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. This is where the future is going to be. 
They say the future is now, right? There's that, there's that, uh, there's that expression, the future is now? Well, the I, future is now. The future is now, future and is people now. are taking advantage of that now, and we look forward to joining next month, please God. Look at the effect we're having on Yoni Pollock. That's it. As we say the future is now, he's repeating it. Correct. He's excited about it. He is super pumped. He gets it. He's one of those young Jewish... He's exhausted. He's one of those young Jewish leaders. He's one of those young Jewish leaders that takes an important message and spreads the word. And I thank him for that. And you just mentioned Nefesh Benefesh. And on the plane, and I can't believe we're actually going on this flight again, especially after what's happened over the last few months. Correct. But but on the plane... It's a blessing to be able to go on this On this plane, which is going to be August... 13th? Something like that. On August 13th, I will I will talk to this audience. I'll speak to this audience about the partnership that I feel with certain people, including Rabbi Yoshua Fass, Rabbi Josh Fass. Um, Brothers from another mother. There is a there's a story behind this upcoming trip next month, and we can't really do this now. But I just I, I mean, I, all I did was mention <laughs> Olim for I didn't realize this was going to derail there's you. There's a story behind this whole. Uh, August trip that I will tell in part um, with having him fill in the blanks uh, on the plane. We're actually going to broadcast from the plane. So so I hope everyone listening remembers and yes, is able to pick please. up where we left off. We should um, pick it up next month. We should also just mention, by the way, when we were um, being welcomed here at the Inbal, you know, speaking of the future being right. now and people taking advantage of the fact that the future of the Jewish people is here in Israel. The days of people having to necessarily schlep things for those living in Israel. You, you would think that this was a topic she wouldn't want to bring are really, up. Yoni, feel free to are join really us. Are really over. Are really over. And I and I and we got here and I had emailed Panina before the flight. I had emailed her last week. Panina, is there anything you want us to bring from New York? And she didn't respond and that's fine. And um and what happened? What happened was that we had we got here, and I said to her, you, "Don't you know? You didn't tell me you need anything." And so she said to me, "You know, we can get everything. here. You know, we can get everything here." Right. So Simon, you're going to appreciate this story. Um, as you know, you travel with a staff, and you're bringing along all the equipment and different things that you need in Israel for three, four days. You're going to have a lot of stuff. And what we traditionally do is we rent a car in Tel Aviv and. Put everything in, get to Yerushalayim, and then obviously on the way back to the airport, throw everything in and uh, and go back to the airport. So knowing that, knowing that any additional um, uh, thing that you would bring to Israel with this group would cause certainly a combination of aggravation, of, of logistical problems, because it's a pretty small car, relatively speaking, to all the luggage and everything. So would you then go ahead... And purchase a large children's kitchen, right? One of these, like, what do they used to call them in the old days? They're little tykes kitchens. Yeah, but it was a, it had a different name in the old days. It did. Yeah, what was it called? The little, um, you know what I'm talking about? Those ovens, those ovens, those. The kids. Holly Hobby ovens. No. The Easy Bake ovens. Easy Bake, thank you. The easy I'm here <laughs> for you for all of your '70s so, references, so ladies and gentlemen. We show up at the airport, meaning Yoni and I go from Manhattan to the airport. All of a sudden, we see this woman schlepping the biggest box you ever saw, this toy that she's bringing. I walk over to her. I say, you never heard of a gift card? You have to actually bring this to Israel? The people behind the counter were you know, on the entire flight. I'm telling them this is never going to fit in the car. There's not a chance. And Simon, you know what ended up happening? What ended up happening was um, Miriam Wallach drove. I was in the passenger seat. And somewhere in the back seat, buried under luggage, equipment, and this massive children's kitchen 
was Yodi Pollock because he <laughs> because he he is the biggest sport ever. He is one of the few people that I know that nothing is ever a big deal, even though I was ready to. <laughs> I was the word he's looking for is strangle. <laughs> I mean, that that she would go ahead without, even, without even asking or giving any warning. No, first of all, I'm not stupid, Simon. <laughs> I'm not going to say, "Hey, Nahum, do you mind if we take a massive, oversized box with us to Israel?" Because I knew the answer to that question before I asked it. And being that I am married to an attorney, you never ask a question you don't know the answer to. So I knew the answer. And you know what else I knew, Simon? I knew not to prepare ropes in advance because I didn't want to get to the rental car and then all of a sudden pull out these ropes and then watch Nachum say, you knew this wasn't going to fit and you prepped by bringing ropes. So I said, we'll figure it out. And we did. And Yoni's amazing. And that's the, the moral of the story is that Yoni's amazing and again has saved Miriam Wallach. Thank God for Yopo. Yeah, thank God for Yoni is right. I don't know if Tani agrees with that, but if he's listening, he may agree. All right, more coming up. Simple Liners next. You're listening to JM in the AM. Yeah. 
Simcha Liner wraps up hour number one from Israel at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Uh, well, we have an opportunity to really delve into the work of the One Israel Fund. They're going to be spending a lot of time with us over the next um, hour or so, and Rabbi David Marcus kicks it off. He's Director General of the One Israel Fund here in Israel. And we have had some amazing encounters with him and this great organization. Welcome, Nachum. Welcome to Shirline. Thank you very much. Thank you for that welcome to Shirline. Earlier you said welcome home. Now I see you're changing your tone to drop. Now it's an official welcome to the Holy City. Well, that was a personal conversation. of course. Both are great, and I appreciate both. One Israel Fund has their 10th annual five-town summer barbecue and Israeli wine tasting happening this coming Wednesday night, the 17th of July. It's tomorrow night, starting at 7.30 at the Hoffman Home at Mistletoe Way in Lawrence. Information, oneisraelfund.org slash events, or dial 516-239-9202. Our listeners and all of us would be amazed at how much continues to happen in Judea and Samaria, uh, courtesy of the One Israel Fund and their generous donors. Well, yeah, That's thank an God it's, uh, right? It truly is. Uh, it's unbelievable how much uh, the area is developing. Everywhere you look, there is building, construction, there's new families moving in. A lot of things are developing, and uh, we're, we're incredibly excited to be taking part of it, particularly in this time where... The political winds are such in which uh, it looks like uh, Yudava Shimron is going to be front and center on the agenda. So. Well, I was going to ask you about that because, uh, frankly, um, being citizens and residents of the United States um, during this time, we are very proud, and I think those who really care about the future of Israel are very proud with the way the American government has, uh, has approached Judea, Samaria, the embassy, and so many other things, threats to Israel, etc., etc., over the last few months. And I'm wondering if the residents of Judea and Samaria feel that. Do they understand and feel the, the really strong atmosphere that's coming from 6,000 miles away toward them? I think there is no doubt. People feel it. People are excited about it. Apprehensive, nervous. Anytime there's a new plan being laid out, everybody's worried what's going to be said. But um, we hear time and time again, our Prime Minister, just last week in a very public form, asked everybody to write down his words, and he took an oath. Not a single Jew is going to be transplanted. Not a single settlement is going to be moved. So uh, we're going to take him at face value, and we're going to hold him to it. So we're looking forward to see what this plan holds, and we're looking forward for an opportunity to... Um, instituting Israeli law wherever possible and uh, giving us the strength to move forward. You know, there's an election coming up. Really? Really? We haven't noticed in Israel that there are elections at all. First of all, I'm a little upset. There weren't weren't enough campaign posters as far as I'm concerned. Wow. We're just cleaning up from the last one, so we're warming up. Give it a couple more weeks. That's what I figured the answer was. But um, look, even if you want to be skeptical like myself and attribute it these statements of the Prime Minister to the fact that in mid-September there is another election. The bottom line is what you just said. We're going to take him at his word, and just for him to come out and make these statements publicly and to support the residents of Judea and Samaria is a very big deal. We should keep that It's a very big deal, and it puts a certain mental attitude that we know that we're building something that is going to continue to flourish and grow. So any playground that we put on the ground, any mikvah that we build, any shul that we build, uh, it's... Life is happening. We're we're succeeding. All right. uh, You're going to stay with us for the entire hour. One quick note before I ask you to uh, 
to turn your uh, chair and microphone over, and that is um, that tomorrow night, as you know, at the Hoffman Home, is a great event in the five towns. People get to taste Israeli wines, have a wonderful barbecue courtesy of Gray's. I mean, we're essentially asking people, come and enjoy a fabulous, peaceful, amazing, delicious night. And that's right. all you and, have and to it's, do. You know, look, it, it's a great opportunity for people not just to have a good time, but to really get exposed to the multitude of projects that we do and how people could get involved. Uh, Mark, Mark Provost, our, our right. director of security, is going to be on site. Uh, the information that he has on, on what's happening on the ground is just incredible, and he's a credible person to speak to, and obviously the entire staff is going to be there. Um, so it, it's a really great opportunity, and I really urge anybody that can to come, uh, learn, hear, and, and eat and have a great time. So That's all we ask you to do. 516-239-9202, oneisraelfund.org slash events. Everybody, David Marcus will be with us for this entire hour. Uh, Eve Harrow is with us. Um, Eve and I have had some very interesting exchanges on this radio show <laughs> over the years. The most recent one, I don't remember what it was, maybe 18 months ago, two years ago. You took the opportunity to really, uh, in a very animated fashion, uh, to remind the audience in the diaspora in a much stronger way than I do it uh, that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Uh, first of all, Shalom. Great to see shalom. you and have, having you here on the air. Glad to meet you in Jerusalem. Thank you very much. So tell me, have you lightened up on your message at all since the last time we spoke? Are you still hammering people over the head so that they finally realize that the future of the Jewish people is in this land? Look, I think, unfortunately, events have proven it. Oh, you've got, in the last couple of years, if it's been 18 months, I don't remember, sure. you've got a rise in anti-Semitism, not just in America, but all over the world. So, look, I think Jews should be safe wherever they choose to live. Absolutely. Um, but something's going on. I, You know, I'm a tour guide. I've just been this week with a group called Momentum. It's like Birthright for Moms. Unbelievable group. Oh, this must be a busy season. For oh, you. very, yeah. very busy. That's why I'm like, just came yeah. running in from the old city. <laughs> and one of the places we take them to is Yad Vashem. And you start connecting the dots, okay? How does it start with the Germans? Boycotts. First, it's boycotts, all right? And then slowly by slowly. So um, I cannot live anywhere else. When I'm out of Israel for more than two weeks, I feel like my neshama is leaking out of my body. So for me, this is it. I have seven kids here, eighth grandchild about to be born, please God. I'm all in on this place. I want people to be here because it's an incredible country, not because they got thrown out of somewhere else. But in the meantime, while you're not here, let's make sure you're safe where you are, obviously, but keep Israel strong. Keep Israel strong. I mean, it's, you know, we got to do it from both sides of the pond. Uh, when you take people around, you mentioned the old city, but there are many other areas oh, of Israel yeah. uh, where you uh, serve as a tour guide. What are some of the areas of Judea and Samaria that really uh, people marvel at when you introduce them to it? Um, well, in particular, like one of my favorites is Shiloh, mm. which is an incredible site where the tabernacle was. You can go back before Jerusalem, as much as everyone loves Jerusalem, going to the Kotel. Where was the Mishkan before Yerushalayim? It was still belonged to the Jebusite, so Shiloh is great. But I have a couple of trips coming up um, next Monday. There's still room on the bus. We're going to Sebastia, which is not such a simple place to go to. Most people have probably haven't gone there. It was the capital of the Shomron. The other name for it is Shomron. It was the capital of the Israelite kingdom. And unfortunately, the Israeli government gave it up under the Oslo Accords. So it's very difficult to get to. You can only get there with army permission. So I've arranged that for next Monday. We're going to Sebastia. 
the Tanakh, I can promise you, the Tanakh will be in my hand and open the entire time. We're talking Eliyahu Hanavi. We're just an amazing, amazing sight. Um, but sadly, because we don't have Israeli law on Yudav Shomron, there's a lot of antiquity theft going on there. It's not a national park as it should be. So I want people to go there and to see. I'll guide them. We'll have the army with us. Then we're going to have lunch in Kidumim. We're going to go to a person who makes pottery in Ailey will end off the day with wine. And then I have the our annual wine trip in August, on August 15th, which is just also an incredible day around Shechem, Itamar, Ilon Moreh. Um, uh, you know, it almost doesn't matter where people go in Yudav Shomron. People just don't know it well enough. Right. People have been here 30 times. They've been to Masada, where I just was yesterday. It's very hot in July. I would much rather actually go to Herodian than Masada. But Herodian is in Gush Etzion, and many people won't, don't want to go. Organizations don't want to go, so they don't know about this incredible palace fortress of Herod. So, um... Anywhere, really, the southern Chevron Hills, I mean, all these places, there's so much to do. The people are amazing. The food is outrageous. The scenery, everything, and every step you take just connects us to our history. Eve Harrow is with us. Um, there's so many positive developments, I and mean, obviously you just listed a lot of them, but what I need people to realize is just how much building and expansion is going on in the cities of Judea and Samaria. There's this impression, especially in the United States, that for whatever reason, political usually, but for whatever reason, growth has been stifled. When mm -hmm. you go around with these groups and by yourself, you see how these communities are expanding and continuing to make their mark in this area. The communities are expanding, but not enough. And very often what you'll see now are apartment buildings because we're not allotted enough land and we want to put as many people as we can That's on every square That's for political reasons. Yes, okay. Uh, you even see in places like Har Bracha, which mm. is Mount Grizim, overlooking Shechem and there's land around it, there's a lot of agricultural land, they're putting up apartment buildings. In Efrat, where I live, the beginnings of Efrat, one and two-story buildings, now we've got 10-story apartment buildings. A lot of it is because we're not, we're not being given enough land. We still want to put as many people as we possibly can. Um, what is very distressing is how much era building is going on. And there's an organization called Regavim that has just come out with what many of us has been, have been seeing for years anyway. The Arab, the Palestinian Arabs now control more land in Area C, which Israel kept completely under Israeli control since the Oslo Accords. It's 60% of Judea and Samaria. The Arabs now control more land than the Jews do. And this is an area that's completely under Israeli control, right. a lot of illegal building. So come on, like what's going on here? And it's distressing because we're law-abiding people. You know, we live in these communities, our children are conscripted, we pay taxes, we cross all our T's and dot all our I's. We're amazing Israeli citizens, but we, we're watching things happening. We can't enclose a porch without permission, which makes sense. But then across the road, we see the people who are not living in a law-abiding society under completely different rules are getting away with things. And it's upsetting. And these are the kinds of things that we would like to see straightened out. You know, they can burn their garbage and those toxic fumes come into our towns because there's no wall high enough to keep that away. So, you know, one of the reasons that I and a lot of other people are pushing for some kind of sovereignty in Judea and Samaria is also so that there'll be environmental rules. The roads will be safer. We have way too many car accidents on our roads because they're not taken care of the way they should be because they're shared with people who have a different way of driving, let's say. And so uh, the odd thing is, is that the Arabs that we talk to in the area feel the same. 
So know? many of the things you're mentioning, we don't even think of. I know. I mean, you see it every day. I live it every single day. But we don't even think of these the, things. You know, we look, we want the whole land of Israel. There's an ideology right. here. But above and beyond that, for a day-to-day level, on little things of safety, there's a lot of cooperation that goes on between the Jewish communities and the Arab communities because, let's say there's a mosquito outbreak because there was some pond, or, you know, that wasn't mm-hmm. drained properly. Well, those mosquitoes are not going to distinguish between Jews and Muslims and who they decide to bite. And so there is a lot of cooperation that goes on the ground every single day um, that I don't think enough is spoken about. And look, Israel has made life so much better for everyone living in Judea and Samaria. The infrastructure, the sewage, the roads, the electricity, none of which Jordan had provided pre-67. And there's a lot of, the Arabs there benefit. It's, you know, it sounds so funny because very often, we are the sign of coexistence. I can't tell you how many people have said to me. Which well, and people, of course, think you're the, the problem. They think I'm the problem. So I've never gotten an answer to this question when someone has said to me, look, for the sake of peace and coexistence, you're going to have to leave your home. And my answer is, what about coexistence? What's, <laughs> what, what is it about coexistence if I'm not there? Right? Jews have been ethnically cleansed from many places over the years. This is a place where we're not going anywhere. We also don't want to throw anyone else out. Why can't we learn to live together? And the people living in these communities are very often the least racist and the least obnoxious of a lot of people that I know because we live with a lot of different people and shop with them they and they're really in our hospitals. They really do appreciate their neighbors. And we, you know what? You, there's an expression in Hebrew, chabdel v'chashtehu, right? right? Beware, respect and be wary. But they respect us because they know we're not going anywhere. And the Middle East is all about honor and shame. And when they have said to me over the years, listen, we don't necessarily like you, but we respect you because you're a proud Jew. But the Jews on the left, not only do we not respect them, we don't trust them because if they can betray their own people, they will betray ours. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, you know what? The world is about respect. Being a little crazy doesn't hurt either in deterring people from being nasty against you. It's a whole different way of thinking here. You know, we are we are a very Western country, but we're in the Middle East and we've learned to roll with what that means. And uh, it's it's I think Israel is such a unique place. And I think Judea and Samaria is the unique place in the unique place. Eve Harrow is with us. All right. It's no secret that we're using this opportunity to speak about the One Israel Fund, the work that they're doing. Uh, you mentioned infrastructure before. It's one mm-hmm. of the things that we as Jews in the United States associate with the One Israel Fund, right. that they've been there on for many infrastructure projects. Right. One Israel Fund, what could you tell us that you've seen with your own eyes that they're responsible for? All right, so I'm honored to be Director of Tourism for One Israel Fund, which means that I get the fun stuff. Okay, David, Mark, some of the others, they've got, you know, the fundraising, and they have to go to barbecues <laughs> in New York, which is, you know, it's not easy. Um, but I get to put people on buses or private people when they come out and take them to see all these places. And yes, there's a gap between what the government will give and what needed. So if it's parks, communities need parks. We've got a lot of kids. We have, Israel has the highest birth rate in the Western world, and Judea and Samaria has the highest birth rate in Israel. And we have cable TV, so it's because it's not because of that. We <laughs> love children, but the children need parks. We need mikvaot. We have put mikvaot in communities that then double within the next few months because a religious couple is not going to move to a community if there's no mikvah there. Makes all the difference. So we try and punch above our weight to do projects that are not you know, extraordinarily expensive or big, but make a huge impact in the community. If it's a safer tour, if it's a park, if it's security cameras or keeping people just that extra little bit safe so that, you know, they feel good about living in the place. That's what we do. We fill in those gaps. It's funny. We always think it's about, you know, special security campaigns. It's way beyond that. It's way beyond that. It's way beyond that. Look, the security is still in the people. Sure. The people have to be happy on a day-to-day level. So within the basin that, let's say, Mark Provisor, who is our security guy, what he creates with the camera, 
cameras. And with I think he'll the be there tomorrow And he will right. be there tomorrow. So within that space that he helps create with the help, of course, of our donors, in that security space, we can live lives without having to worry. And that's a huge thing, you know, to be able, again, to send the kids to the parks if you have a special needs child. And you know that within your community, there's maybe like a piano teacher who's, you know, doing music therapy, so you don't have to travel all the way to Tel Aviv. That ultimately, on a day-to-day level, is makes the difference between people's quality of life. And that's what we try and do. Uh, Eve Harrow directs tourism for the One Israel Fund. We remind you that tomorrow night is the 10th annual Five Towns Summer Barbecue and Israeli Wine Tasting, and you can attest to the fact there's some good Israeli wines Oh, my out goodness. There. Totally. Yes. Any favorites <laughs> you want to mention? <laughs> or that, Any would be favorites? that would be unfair. No, no but <laughs> I, I, I love the wines from the Binyamin region, and one of my pet hobbies right now is we are also bringing back the wines of the past. Right. So, you know, Shivy Droy, Dr. Shivy Droy, the Gvault Winery. What did we drink in the temple? What did we drink in the days of the Talmud? And that's fascinating and fabulous and they're working on it every day it's amazing yeah it really is uh, you'll taste Israeli wines and have a great summer barbecue it's happening tomorrow night at the Hoffman Home on Mistletoe Way in Lawrence information 516-239-9202 or go to the web oneisraelfund.org slash events oneisraelfund.org slash events and Eve Harrow strongly recommends that anybody who's in the New York area should go if you're here you my st- trips if you're next here, you week stay and here. in August and come on my buses right, next and week course, and in August Cholamoid Look us up. We always have something going on. And I think a lot of people will find the wine tasting tour a very good idea. Amazing. (laughs) You might even remember it at the end of the day. (laughs) Thank you, Eve. Thank you so much. Great seeing you. The future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Uh Uh-huh. You're never going to forget that, that's for sure. And we're trying to make sure that nobody in our audience forgets it. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
JM in the AM with Benny Friedman and Visecha Zena. You're listening to JM in the AM. We're speaking about the One Israel Fund with a reminder that their 10th annual five-town summer barbecue and Israeli wine tasting happens tomorrow night at the Hoffman Home on Mistletoe Way in Lawrence, New York. All sponsors will receive a premium bottle of wine. It is a big barbecue and Israeli wine tasting event starting at 7.30, catered by Gray's Smokehouse. Information, 516 239 9202-516-239-9202 or oneisraelfund.org slash events. oneisraelfund.org slash events. Uh, Miri Ovadia is with us, spokesperson for the Binyamin Regional Council. Shalom and welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom. Thank you for having me here. A pleasure. It's nice to be here with you in Jerusalem and to uh, uh, speak about what's happening in the Binyamin region. First of all, Let's outline this for everybody who's listening, whether they've been to Israel or not. When we say Binyamin, we mean which area? Binyamin is in the heart of Israel. You know, Binyamin is named after the tribe of Benjamin, the little brother. But today, Binyamin is actually the largest regional council in Israel. So if you visited ancient Shiloh, if you visited Latun, if you've driven down Highway 1 from Jerusalem to the Dead Sea, ladies and gentlemen, you've been to Binyamin. (laughs) So this is really the biggest, the best place to be to visit what's happening so close to the airport, so close to the Judean Desert. Today, we have 80,000 Israelis who live within the Benjamin region. Region. And if you still, after this introduction, have not been to Binyamin, please put it on your next trip to Are Israel. Are there a lot of people from uh, Anglo-speaking countries in the Binyamin region or not? We have a fair amount. I would not compete with what's happening in Gush Etzion, right. uh, but there is definitely plenty of space for more. Uh, we, you know, we have uh, one of the highest birth rates in Israel, as like Eve right. explained before. Uh, more houses. People forget that. That's amazing to remind everybody about. It really is amazing, yeah. and, uh, and that's why there's so much happening, and the education is really one of the things that we are most proud of, uh, because essentially half of our residents are under the age of 18, so really the young vibe, you know, it's that something that's going on. That is a great stat. Yeah, yeah. Half of the residents are under the age of 18. Talk Imagine about the future that. of the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Exactly. Like uh, all right, what are the greatest needs? We're t- uh, you know we're talking about the One Israel Fund. Obviously, it's a very important source uh, for projects, and, and I'm sure you're very familiar with it. But in general, is there a way to outline what the needs of the Binyamin region are, what it is that uh, most occupies your time as one of the leaders and spokespersons of the Binyamin region? Uh, so really being such a large regional council with so many uh, children, projects, communities, obviously I think the two most important things for us are education, uh, supplying the needs of our residents, and of course the development which supports uh, um all the residents in the area, Jewish residents, Arab residents, and there are growing needs all the time for new parks, for synagogues, for mikvehs, the roads we drive. This is really the center of Israel. If you're driving from north to south, many people will be, will be driving through Binyamin. And the support that we receive from people from the world and definitely the One Israel Fund is extremely important for us. As like Eve mentioned, there is a gap between what we can receive right. from the state of Israel and the growing needs of each of the communities. Um, one of the biggest burning issues today is the uh, health services, which unfortunately are lacking. Not enough medical centers, and even the, one, the ones that we have are very basic. Okay, you can find you know, a family doctor, but if you want any serious uh, medical service, you have to drive to the nearby cities. And that is the most important thing that is going on today, is building a medical center, like a regional hospital, which will give the residents of, of the area uh, the basic needs that you know every family needs, essentially, the children, the, the, the parents, babies coming into the world. 
That is, I think, the, really the most important thing that we are trying to promote over the next few years. What is that project like right now? How is it, is it moving along or not, the Benjamin Regional Medical Center? Uh, it's developing. Uh, it's a progress, obviously. And, you know, bureaucracy in Israel... <laughs> I don't Takes know time, huh? <laughs> I'm sure the bureaucracy in the States is, you know, easygoing and fun and everything. So Compared to here, you may be right. <laughs> I, I may be right. Yeah, so uh, still in the building, putting down the foundations of the medical center and uh, the help and support of the One Israel Fund and, of course, our friends in the States is, yeah. is very important. You know, it's funny. You've described, I mean, accurately, the Binyamin region being at the center of the country and really being such an important you know, travel way, such an important station where people traveling north and south, as you described, you would think that the government here would pour a lot more attention and resources into that region, at least just for that reason, because there's so many affected in this state up and down, north and south, by what's going on with Benjamin infrastructure. So I think already within Israel, people... N- understand Israel, understand, understand Benjamin, sorry, understand its importance, its strategic importance, the fact that you can stand yeah. in my house in the and see airplanes from Ben Gurion flying around the community and turning to land. Um, when you stand there, you understand how important this region is for the entire safety of Israel. So I think on the uh, local level of politicians, I think we have a strong support and everybody who visits understand. Um, but we still have a very long way to go with uh, the state of Israel um, giving and supporting these areas the same way we, they would support other areas right. in Israel. We have a long way to go. And I think here um, uh, the friendships and the, the allies that we have with Jewish communities around the world are so important for us. We want people to come and visit Israel, visit Benjamin, understand how essential this place is. And it's always been, okay, historical periods, ancient Shiloh, the first capital of Israel was here. And until today, the same... Uh, importance of this region still is happening within Benjamin. So we're working very hard, I can promise you that. We have a long way to go, but the more people come, get involved, support in any way that they can, uh, we can all be part of the success of this region. Now, you're a spokesperson for Benjamin. The impression we have is that the, the spokespeople who directly communicate with those who make decisions in this country has gotten better and better, that you have better representation in the Israeli government, that there are people now from Benjamin that are more influential than in the past. Is that true? Is that a trend that you, f- that you feel that there's much more attention being paid, even if all the infrastructure costs are not immediately coming through, but there's a, at least a lot more attention being paid to the Benjamin region by government officials? I think so, yes. I can definitely tell you that as a person, I was raised in Benjamin and raising my three kids over there. And I think the amount of significant members in this Israeli society that have been coming out of Benjamin, it's amazing. That keeps increasing. Knesset members, right. um, journalists, okay, um, people who are leading the, the Israeli scene when it comes to culture and medicine. We have one of the um, managers of a very big medical hospital lives in Benjamin. I mean, people who grow up in Benjamin really feel that they want to make an impact on the Israeli society. They want to contribute. They want to bring Israel to a better place. And um, yes, actually, it's amazing statistically that so many of these people are people that were raised in Benjamin and really feel that they 
because the place where they were brought up, the, the way that they feel towards their Jewish identity, their Israeli identity, that is why they want to give back and, and make Israel uh, a good and a better place, for sure. Yeah. And I think that is something that we feel back from, yes, from the Israeli government and from yeah. the Israeli society when they see that this is what's happening. And I would bet that uh, many members of the IDF, yeah. es especially prominent members at this point, come from the same region. That is true. I can only imagine. Um, one Israel Fund, the event is tomorrow night, everybody. You're encouraged to be there. Uh, describe for us, uh, you said earlier that they have an important role in terms of bridging the gap when it comes to funding for certain projects, etc. What have you seen them do, the One Israel Fund, uh, that's you know important to the region? So first of all, I said the thing that we haven't seen yet and we really want to see as soon as possible is the medical right. center. That is the focus that... And they're helping with that to move along. They are... A, a massive uh, part of the the success of this place to be to become and hopefully within the next few years but definitely when you travel today the communities around Benjamin you can see so much uh, support and actual projects that have been done by the One Israel Fund and, and its friends all around that have been part of this if it's the parks and the ritual baths the, the mikvehs which are such an important part in Jewish life here in the area uh, strengthening the synagogues the shuls wherever you go there's not one place which you can visit and not see the important impact that One Israel Fund has, has had on it which is and, really and we always think we of security for that and thought so that you didn't even mention because it's so so much, much is happening that. beyond security, right. really. And that is something that we want people to know. Judea and Samaria, it, it's history, it's Jewish life, it's, it's babies. There's so much more than that. The security aspect is important, but it's just one of the many, many aspects of the daily uh, vital life within Judea and Samaria, the heartland of Israel. I remind everybody, as Mirio Vadya uh, has helped us remind this audience, the One Israel Fund has an event tomorrow night. It's happening at the Hoffman Home in Lawrence, New York. Israeli wine tasting and a summer barbecue to continue to support the great projects of the Binyamin region uh, through the One Israel Fund. Information at uh, oneisraelfund.org or by dialing 516-239-9202. And uh, Miri Todaraba, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, and thank you for all your listeners for being such good friends of Israel and of Judea and Samaria. We really, really appreciate it. They, and they take great pride being friends of Judea and Samaria. Thank you very much. Um, all right, we will continue with plenty more. Don't forget we're on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nahum Segal Network, facebook.com slash Nahum Segal Network. We welcome your uh, input uh, via our app. Go to the uh, NSN, Nahum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone. Again, that's the Nahum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone. Feel free to comment away. This is one of the few days... Uh, this week where you'll be able to comment in real time. Remember that the majority of our shows are going to be um, are going to be recorded and then presented the following morning. Good example would be tomorrow night when we're at Yom NCSY and that'll be Thursday morning's JM the AM so you would not be able to comment in real time at that point but right now you could and you can uh, comment on the app and have your voice heard. More coming up about the One Israel Fund. First we're going to go to Rabbi Goldwasser and again a reminder that the summer barbecue and Israeli wine tasting happens at the Hoffman Home in Lawrence tomorrow night, 516-239-9202 or oneisraelfund.org. Or by David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zev, Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basra, Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. When Shlomo HaMelech was ready to begin the construction of the Ba'is Rishon, the first base of Mikdosh, he needed the Shamir, it was a special little worm that was capable of cutting through rock because the stones of the Beis Amikdosh could not be cut using metal, a material used to make weapons that kill. Shlomo HaMelech needed Ashmedai to tell him its whereabouts and how to capture it. 
It meant first capturing Ashmedai himself. That was finally accomplished. Shlomo HaMelech kept Ashmedai imprisoned, in chains, sealed with the Shema Meforosh, the entire period that the Besamikdosh was under construction. One day, Shlomo HaMelech asked him what is his superiority as a demon over the people. Ashmedai replied, Remove this chain from my neck, give me your signet ring, and I will show you my superiority. No sooner did Shlomo HaMelech comply, than Ashmedai snatched him up. He swallowed him. He stretched his wings, one touching the heaven and the other touching earth. He spit him out to a distance of 400 miles. Shlomo HaMelech's stature was obviously dramatically reduced. He was left only with his staff and his cloak, going from door to door, begging, claiming that he was Shlomo HaMelech, king of Yerushalayim. The Alexander Rebbe said that after Ashmedai threw Shlomo HaMelech off of his throne, Shlomo HaMelech came to a small town and he revealed to its inhabitants that he is the king. When they heard this, they gathered all the chashuvim. They prepared a huge feast in his honor. They had great tsar along with Shlomo HaMelech because they recalled the days of his glory, the days when he ruled over Yerushalayim and all the honor that he had had, and now had greatly he had fallen. He then came to another city. He bumped into a chassid, who rejoiced to hear that he was Shlomo HaMelech. He comforted him. He told him not to worry. He was Shlomo HaMelech. Thank you very much, Rabbi Goldwasser. More coming up here. We are in Jerusalem. That's right. We are in Jerusalem here at the Inbal Hotel. We'll have an opportunity to uh, laud the Inbal for, again, being our uh, main center of, uh, of broadcasting and our command center, as we call it here in Jerusalem, uh, coming up because Ronnie, the uh, general manager, is going to be joining us here at the, uh, during JM in the AM. We're ahead to, uh, we're ahead to this by eighth day. And then come back and speak more about the One Israel Fund. We're at the in, we're at the Inbal Hotel. It's a JM in the AM Tuesday, and you're listening to the Nachum Siegel Network. We've stood the test of time. Ages passing, ages we don't blink an eye. Every generation they arise But love and unity is our battle cry You push and you pull and you give and you take But you just can't break this bond Cause we are stronger Can't deny the strength of our Israel. 
There's a song called Stronger, Closer, and uh, the strength of the uh, communities of Judea and Samaria is one theme that we're finding out today in our discussion about the One Israel Fund. And the other one is Closer, how the Jewish community, Baruch Hashem, of the United States and other parts of the diaspora feel so close to the uh, communities here in Judea and Samaria and those who are continuing to build the uh, state of Israel. And um, I remind you that the five-town summer barbecue and Israeli wine tasting, which we are really encouraging everybody to attend, happens tomorrow night, the 17th of July, at the Hoffman Home in Lawrence, New York, 516-239-9202. Feel free to comment on the NSN app. As I said, this is an opportunity to uh, comment in real time, since most of our pro- uh, most of our programming this week is going to be pre-recorded and then presented. Now we are live at the Inbal Hotel right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. As we continue with plenty more, you're listening to Yoni Z here at JMDA. Oh, I'm 
Zioni Z with a song called Ode. We are in Israel. First of four amazing days of programming and broadcasting. I want to thank uh, everybody who has been so amazing for us here at the uh, Inbal Hotel. And remember, a lot of our programming is going to be with our friends at NCSY later in the week with Yom NCSY and the Michlelet and Kolel. Well, with us live via telephone, we have the uh, Mankal of the Shamron Regional Council, Amitai Reutman. Uh, who is joining our conversation as we talk about the, uh, th- this vital region of Israel and uh, the event that the One Israel Fund is having tomorrow night in New York. Amitai, shalom, shalom. Thank you for joining us here at JM in the AM. Shalom, shalom. It is a pleasure to I'm spe- here. It's a pleasure to speak with you. All right, um, tell us about the uh, – let's start, for those who are not familiar – with the uh, geography, explain to our listeners, when we say Shomron, we are speaking of what area of Israel? Okay, so hello to everyone. Shomron is a, a large, a huge uh, area, which is spread out nearby Tel Aviv, a city named Rosh Ha'ayin in the west, all the way eastways always to the, the valley between uh, Jordan, the valley of Jordan, and north way uh, towards Chadera uh, and nearby Megiddo. So it's a huge, huge, huge area. We've got uh, many, many Israeli settlements and a few Arab uh, big cities. And our regional council has got uh, 45 uh, citizens, wow. and we've added more local councils in the area which come to an amount of uh, 150,000 people, citizens that live here in the area. It's unbelievable to hear you describe what you just described and to remind ourselves that there's some people who think that there shouldn't be a Jewish presence in the Shomron. It's remarkable that anybody would feel that way if they would be familiar with just how strong and amazing the Shomron is in the uh, state of Israel. Yeah, that's right. We we actually, I've I've got to add that we've got a lot of uh, um, 
sorts of uh, people. Let's say we're very religious people and very not religious. All kinds, some of them uh, Yemeni, some Smolani, and they all live together. And also the relationship with the Arab, our neighbors, is great. We have uh, inside this area industrial areas that uh, work together in the same uh, industrial places, in the factories, thousands of Palestinian workers, just nearby Jewish workers, and all work together. It's like the peace is here. What you see in the news <laughs> is not what the area speaks. It's a completely different issue. I'm laughing only because, again, nobody, so many people, rather, uh, would find it hard to believe that when you say peace is here, <laughs> peace is, is in the Shomron, uh, so many people would never believe it um, if they follow the world of politics and the world of government. Um, so it's, it's amazing what's going on. The numbers are incredible. The number of towns and cities remarkable. And in terms of how big and, and uh, important a space the Shomron is in the state of Israel, it's all also remarkable. How is the, um, uh, what are the needs of the communities? What are some of the things that you and others go to the Knesset with, that you go to uh, leaders for? What are some of the things that the Shomron needs in order to continue to thrive, the communities of uh, the Shomron? Okay, so as a, as a manager of this uh, huge organization, we deal with everything that uh, any other municipality in Israel do. We have education, we have uh, we, we we deal with the garbage, we deal with the sewage, we deal with water, everything, and also we have a tourist department. We have everything like Ranana, Jerusalem, and any other city. And in addition to that, we have to keep our uh, security, our uh, you know safety of our people, and it's much uh, it's a little bit. Much, much uh, challenger than in Ranana or in uh, Jerusalem or in Rishon Lezion. And when we deal with that, we need to fight in the Knesset, let's say, to handle it, yeah. to get some more budget in order to handle it, because we need to, to, say, to, to defend our settlements, which means we need to, buy, to build fences and uh, electronic uh, equipment that will save our people. And not always the government helps with that. So this is the dealing, what we're dealing now is, in addition to all what I said, building schools, building, kinderg building uh, kindergartens and uh, all this stuff, we have to build our uh, defensive uh, equipment, which uh, the government not always helps us to do. The challenges are immense. It's just amazing. And I'll tell you the... The, what, what, is there a statistic that you could tell us? Is there a number you can give us that would demonstrate how quickly the Jewish communities of the Shomron are growing? Is there any statistic that you could tell us yes, just I, how I fast they're growing? I can help with that. Yeah, I'd love to do it. Um, about 10 years ago, in our regional council, we had, uh, let's say, 20,000 citizens. Right. Nowadays, we are always... Well, 45, almost 50,000 people in 10 years. It means that we more than doubled ourselves in about 10 years. It's amazing. So this causes, like, it's an effect. Now we have to, we, in the last three years, built schools more than the Petah Tikva built in, the, in their city. We, build, we have 160 kindergartens. Out of them, about 50, more than 50, were built only in the last few years. 
And all the settlements, we have thousands of uh, houses that we build for, uh, for living, I mean. And all these houses need all, you know, all the services they need. Kupat Cholim and uh, schools, kindergartens and everything. And when you grow so fast, the country cannot, cannot you know, catch you. And, and always we have to take our own money, which we don't really have, and to put a down payment in order to do it. And the country, like, running after us in order to do it. When we do it in educational areas, it works. It's hard, but it works. When we're talking about um, defensive electronic equipment, cameras and fences and, and smart fences, they don't help us. And this is where the One Israel Fund gets in, and they give us the match. And without them, I'm telling you, we couldn't do it. Rabbi David Marcus is here, of course, Director General, One Israel Fund here in Israel. Before you comment about what Amitai just said, the, the, the point that he's making that we – People in the United States and other areas of the diaspora just never, ever, you know, it, we, it never resonates with us for obvious reasons because we're being brainwashed the other way. Is that this is really the secret to peace? That with the existence that the Jews of the Shomron and their neighbors are having in the, in the Shomron portion of Israel is the best quote unquote solution to the peace that everyone seems to be seeking and looking for. And I think that point has to be emphasized. Peace is a uh, dangerous word to use. I'd like to use the word coexistence. Um, the fact is that day in and day out, we coexist. We live side by side and we make it work. Right. We make it work as we have to. Uh, that means that we need to protect ourselves. We need to be very vigilant and very, very careful. But it also means that we provide the opportunity for growth for everybody. And that's what we're really all about. If, if, I, if I'm building a medical center, I mean... That medical center is going to be open for mankind. It's not my primary objective, but obviously it's going to treat all people. It's going to have an impact on everybody in the area. If, if the Shomron is working on infrastructure of roads, if it's bringing in new power plants, who is that helping? It's helping everybody. It's changing lives. Who is employing these people? I mean, let's face it. Yep. Uh, the, the, the salaries inside... Jewish areas in Yehudah Shemron are two and a half times higher than what they would make if they had a job in Palestinian-controlled areas. And we all know that the unemployment rate there is somewhere in the 29% range. So, The second thing is, Amitai, Amitai before you comment, uh, he just mentioned that, again, some of the projects, especially he, he emphasized security, others have emphasized others, that are needed to be undertaken are t- undertaken by the One Israel Fund and their supporters, and that, of course, that's something that we that does resonate with us. We understand the role that the One Israel Fund has. To us, it's all about co- the, the collaboration that we have, the cooperation that we have with the regional councils, working with Amitai, that we meet with regularly, and, 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 and you Yossi Dagan, the, 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 mayor, the mayor Yossi and Davidi and, right. and his entire team. They're just an amazing people to work with, and they will bring us projects from all the different communities in a vast area of areas of life everything from a playground to uh, security cameras and and everything that's in between a tremendous amount of projects and we work together on thinking of how we could fund these things you know no one's expecting the american donor to pay for everything it's the partnership it's bringing the government to the table bringing the army to the table bringing all these different resources together thinking strategically together and then having our supporters join hands and make things happen. Amitai, anything you'd like to add before we let you go? Yes. I'd like to say that, uh, as you mentioned, and I want to say, repeat it, but in a different words, in my words, 
we are developing in an extreme tempo. Like, it's amazing what's happening here. And peace is here. If you come, when people come from America and uh, for the first time to Shomron, they say it's unbelievable. It's a completely different story than what we see in the CNN or whatever <laughs> other channel. And they say, wow, you should bring more people here. And then we show them the challenges. And they, and they say, wow, and where is the government? And we tell them, because we get everyone to the same table, like Rabbi Marcus said, and the army, and the Ministry of Defense, and everyone with the budget. And they said, okay, and now we need the matches, like to put a little bit more from uh, private money that we gather all together with the extreme, <laughs> extremely beautiful help that we get from uh, One Israel Fund, we make projects. We make projects in millions, like one little uh, dollar can be doubled and tripled in this way, and this is what we do. It's, a, it's an amazing relationship, and we do amazing projects together. Amitai Kolakavod, Tadaraba, thank you so much for joining us here today. No problem, thank you all. Thank you, Amitai. A real bye pleasure. Bye. Uh, Rabbi David Marcus is here, Director General of the uh, One Israel Fund. The um, you know There are people who are jealous when they hear certain names in Jewish history um, that they are also not identified as builders of Israel. It could be a Rothschild, a Montefiore, you know, Moskowitz, some might say as well, of course. Uh, there are certain names that are synonymous. The reality is, however, that really any supporter of your organization is on that list, is really a builder of Israel. And if we keep saying the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel, they're building the future of the state of Israel with these projects that you're, that you're undertaking and the needs that you're uh, that you're uh, uh, addressing for Amitai and his uh, colleagues. I couldn't have said it better. It, it, it is very truly um, a, a miracle that is happening in front of our eyes. And it doesn't take a lot to remember what Yudav Shimon was like 30 years ago. <laughs> it, it, is, it is just unbelievable. I mean, now everywhere you go, I mean, there's communities growing and, and, and developing. It's beautiful. And, and the opportunities. Amazing. Well, this is part of the look, the mere fact amazing. the mere fact that um, that demographic um, demon that was out there that was say, oh the Arabs are going to overthrow us. Okay, it, that was a big totally, discussion then. Look at the reality right. of things. For every Arab child born between the Jordan River and the sea, there are three Jewish children being born. Okay, Yehudah Shimron today is boasting a birth rate that is almost double the rest of the country. Right. It is unbelievable. I mean, you see the hand of God in its workings right in front of our eyes. So when people participate in projects, and they can, you know, people pick any, sure, any field of interest, you know? You, you like uh, disabled children, there is disabled children projects. You like just bringing playgrounds, you like, you like religious projects, you want a shul, you want a mikvah, there's uh, 150 Plenty. communities. There is, the needs are endless. And of course, when it comes to protecting and saving lives, being able to secure these communities by putting in the right kind of defensive apparatuses, putting in security cameras, making sure that all of the security guards have the right kind of bulletproof vests, making sure that there's ambulances, that there's armored ambulances. Uh, amazing project that Mark initiated uh, last year was to make sure that every ambulance in every yeshuv has two vests of medics when they go out to the field, just slip a vest on that is specially designed with medical apparatuses inside of it so they could operate under fire. And it's it's been it's true life saving, straight yeah, and forward. I, I mean, people participate that. and save lives, you know. And for us to undertake the really big strategic projects, now we're doing now 
a project that is dwarfing everything that we've ever done um, to raise a medical center that is essentially it's an outpatient hospital we're talking about a 30 million dollar project this is this is a huge undertaking um, with with a lot of partners and we're really working very hard in advancing this it's going to transform an entire region it's it's very exciting times for us it's uh, we're really getting to do amazing things i remember when we were at the uh, groundbreaking ceremony to announce the establishment of whatever it was for the benjamin regional medical center um the statistics uh in terms of how long patients need to travel to get treatment how long a woman must go to deliver a baby it's just it's 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 horrific it's it horrific. really is exactly. horrific it's scary and horrific and every single day we pray for miracles um and you know every day that passes by was like you know okay right. we need to finish building this we we need to do it um because there's lives that need to be saved it's just not only about life saving it's about giving people a simple comfort of life you know uh, a mother gets up in the middle of the night, her kid has fever. She she doesn't want to start traveling for an hour on dangerous roads to be able to get to an emergency room in a big hospital, wait two hours to have any attention. You know, you need to have something yeah. local that is accessible. We didn't realize how great a need it was until we were there. We did not realize it. And now it can't be built fast enough. But, it, ta- but it takes time to build and funds. It takes a lot of effort. A lot of time, and the Israeli right. bureaucracy will be what it is. Right. It's going to be a big challenge. Especially in that area of the country. Yes, of course. One Israel Fund uh, reminds you, if you're there tomorrow night, you're helping build the medical center, you're helping secure uh, medics and soldiers in Israel, or I should say communities in Israel, you are helping to uh, really uh, undertake any one or more of these projects that the One Israel Fund does based on the needs of the uh, uh, different regional councils and the needs of the communities. The 10th annual Five Town Summer Barbecue and Israeli Wine Tasting happens at the Hoffman Home tomorrow night beginning at 7.30 on Mistletoe Way in Lawrence. The committee list is voluminous. There are a lot of people coming to this event tomorrow night. A lot of rabbis, and they should be commended for supporting this effort. Uh, I mean, Without any- getting speaking engagements. <laughs> That's correct. Anybody with a rabbinic background, five towns, Lawrence area, yeah, they're, they're there tomorrow Everybody's going to be there. Uh, 516-239-9202. 516-239-9202. Oneisraelfund.org slash events. Oneisraelfund.org slash events. Rabbi David Marcus, we've had an opportunity this morning live in Jerusalem to discuss the One Israel Fund and their incredible work. I, uh, I bless you and your colleagues that you continue to build Israel. Uh, you're doing it together that, with all of our together, listeners. You're doing it with a lot of this is a lot how it of, happens. A lot of people in the U.S. and other areas of the diaspora, yeah. and they should continue to support uh, it. I, I like to say that we're very proud of being the one of the largest Shatchanis, um associations out there because you know? you're matching people because up with because there are a tremendous amount of projects that we look as scholars and you know, oh, have a lot right. of people that are looking to do good things people and, have funds they want to know where to go with them you'll say look it, we have a know? list of a thousand things let's match tell you up us properly. what you're looking for we'll find the right thing that works for you big shout out to scott feltman he is uh, also one of the people that's dedicating himself to this cause 24 the person, hours a day the, the person, person at the helm so scott yes. call i come to you and thank you all right our thank you Robert marcus and we should continue thank to reunite in jerusalem and other areas of israel uh, you're listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web, and NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Oh, no, no, no.
opening up the hour for us. Well, it's no secret where we are when we're in Jerusalem. When we're in Jerusalem, our main headquarters, our command central is the Inbal Hotel. It's been like that for many, many years. And now uh, it's like that in 2019 because of Ronnie Timzit and his staff. Uh, Ronnie's, of course, a general manager here at the Inbal. He has continued this amazing tradition of not only giving us great hospitality, but when uh, when we're able to, and certainly whenever we need to, uh, using the Inbal Hotel as our mobile studio. Today, when we introduce Ronnie, we're introducing him in the uh, in the um, chef's room, I guess we'd call it, the chef's table of the O2 restaurant, the beautiful, relatively brand new restaurant here at the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem. If you have not had an opportunity, whether you're staying in the Inbal or not, if you have not had an opportunity yet to check out O2, do yourself a favor. Get here as soon as you can. It is an absolutely delicious and already landmark restaurant in Jerusalem. And with that, I say, Ronnie Timzit, shalom, 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 shalom. Great to see you. Nice to see you. And thank you very much for having us again. We're happy to have you here. I appreciate Well, that's obvious because you keep inviting us back. So, <laughs> so I guess it is obvious that you're happy to have yes. us here. And we've broadcasted in many different locations. We've done a broadcast from the lobby. That's we've right. done many from the uh, executive lounge. lounge. We've done many from the porch mm-hmm. 
of the Executive Lounge. Today, we are in the back of the O2 restaurant. Would, would I be accurate? This is the chef's this is table? What would you call private it? room. Private room. Yes, that's a room that we can uh, feed 12 people together. And uh, for and meetings or a small little, little event, this would yes, be a perfect place. Yes, perfect. And you're serving them delicious food and great wines. Uh, and it and is new. And it how is, new. How is, is the reaction so far? It is now eight months It's open. eight months old. Yes. We have very good comments. Uh, people are very happy. We had a dairy restaurant before. Now it's a meat restaurant. Right. With, uh, uh, and that gives us the possibility at noontime and at dinner to have uh, meat. Uh, when we have in the lounge, a dairy right. uh, menu. So those who are familiar <coughs> with the Inbal, when you walk into the Inbal, there's a lounge lobby area to the left. That continues to be what people remember. They want to have a dairy mm -hmm. snack. They could have a dairy that's snack. That's that they remember. If you continue to walk to the back part of that lounge, you'll find the O2 restaurant. That's right. Now we close it. That right. We have doors. That's a separate uh, area. You feel not really in uh, Notera. Right. It's You're not in the lobby. It's a trendy uh, restaurant. Uh, and uh, it gives another possibility to, to our guests. And we have a lot of people from outside that are right. uh, coming, Israelis coming to. So that's why I say, even if you're not staying at the Inbal, uh, you could place your next reservation for a delicious uh, restaurant in Jerusalem at the O2 restaurant uh, here at the hotel. Um, all right, there's a lot of things to talk about. We, uh, first of all, as we're speaking... The mm -hmm. pe people are setting in you front of us some... They treat you good here. Some, yeah, they certainly do. My gosh. M must be at your suggestion, I would say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're treating us very well. Those watching on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network, facebook.com slash Nahum Single Network. If you are watching on Facebook, you can see some of these amazing delicacies uh, that have been brought in front of us. These are all O2 prepared delicacies. Uh, here from the restaurant in uh, the Inbal Hotel. Um, all right, so uh, I guess we should start with the hotel first. Oh, th this is the this is the menu you have in front of you. Yes. Some of the items that people oh, can uh, can enjoy. <laughs> Some of the items that people can enjoy when they're uh, here at the. Uh, okay. So here we have uh, hummus and lamb. Nice. Uh, here we have uh, uh, that's uh, meat, raw meat. Uh, tartar? With tartar. Holy with, cow. Uh, uh, and uh, here we have Sinta uh, uh, that is uh, in English. Uh, um, filet? It's not filet. Sirloin? Sirloin. 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 Uh, ah, here we go. Okay. Yes. So we have a sirloin uh, over there. Sirloin. We have delicious lamb with hummus over here. We have uh, we have what I guess we'd call beef tartare. Beef right? tartare tartar. with burgo. Wow. Yes, and uh, we have uh, there we have um, the sashimi yellowtail okay. with chili and tomato seed with uh, some cucumbers uh, on. Um, on the fennel oil, that's uh, very nice, very special. Uh, and here we have some salad that we're giving with the bread at the beginning of the of the dinner. That's very uh, much Jerusalem uh, touch and taste. Boy, oh boy, 
So everyone gets that with their delicious bread and at the beginning <coughs> of the meal. And the items that you've brought to us, the items that you've set in front of us, I assume are some of the more popular items. That that's uh, the starters. These and are, the, are very popular. The, oh, these are the yes. appetizers. That's the appetizers. Oh, After enough. you have uh, bu- uh, butcher cuts and uh, skewers uh, of all sorts. Uh, and we have also uh, slow-cooked uh, uh, dishes that are very from uh, Jerusalem. Like we have uh, a chicken supreme with a Spanish onion and sumac and uh, lamb ragu. Uh, we have a casserole of vegetables. Uh, very, uh, you have the possibility of a big piece of meat, clean, uh, or to go to a uh, uh, cooked uh, item. May I uh, look at that menu for a moment? Yeah, it's dr- it's authentic Jerusalem flavors, mm-hmm. as Miriam Wallach points out to me. But authentic m- Jerusalem but we, flavors. We call it, uh, now my French accent will be a big problem, <laughs> uh, like it is always, we will say. Uh, we, it's, uh, we call it upbeat, upbeat Jerusalem cuisine. Upbeat. It's modern Jerusalem. Uh, again, the starters include beef tartare bulgur, is that the right, the, the right way of saying it? Green salad, pickled lemon vinaigrette, and toasted almonds. Sirloin roast with eggplant caramel. Green onion oil, burnet lemon. Slow-cooked lamb shreds. Uh, amba oil and braised chickpeas. I assume that's what we're looking at there with the, uh, with the, mm-hmm. with the um, yes. chickpeas dish. Yellowtail sashimi you mentioned with chili and tomato seeds, cucumber and fennel oil, and okra skewers. Uh, with lemons. Those are all uh, the appetizers that O2 is known for. After all, they're known as upbeat Jerusalem cuisine. <laughs> Simple as that. Um, <laughs> see, I do, I do a much different job on the menu than you do. <laughs> on the skewers, listen to this. Boneless chicken thigh with date honey. Uh, grouper kebab with burnt tomatoes. Sweet breads with green onion salsa. That's a good one. Beef kebab with bread salad, beef fillet with herb oil, and ribeye with herb oil. By the way, I think I think most of these dishes are reasonably priced. People might think they're listening to uh, you yeah, know no, no. to it a is. list that's going to. Uh, we are not trying to yeah. do a fancy restaurant. It's uh, we don't have uh, white tablecloths or <laughs> something like that. But you have nice have decor. Nice decor. Very, Very nice, nice decor. decor. Nice uh, tabletop. The butcher cuts <laughs> include the ribeye and prime rib. Uh, the beef fillet and the sirloin, and the slow cooked includes lamb ragu. Is it lamb ragu, chicken supreme, lamb short ribs, Jerusalem barbecue sauce, and root vegetables, vegetable casseroles? You heard, and the wild rice stew, plus some other delicious side dishes. There's a lot going on here at the O2 restaurant. The next time you're in Jerusalem, make sure to visit and take advantage of uh, of the delicious menu here at O2. Well, congratulations. Eight months. That's good. A lot of good mm-hmm. reviews, a lot of wonderful comments. Yes, People yes. are happy with the restaurant. Yes, yes. Very Thank happy. Thank God for that. We, it gave really another asset to the, to the hotel. So that's very important for us. There was a demand for it. And uh, we even are opening for uh, dinner on Friday evening. Ah. With a, a little prepay. A bit, uh, the, the, it's different uh, menu, but it is, uh, instead of having the possibility only to have a buffet, you have a possibility to be served, a serve uh, dinner, and that's a big difference for some Very nice. People. Ronnie Timzitz here, general manager at the Inbal. All right, the hotel looks great. Are there any things that you'd like to tell us as about? You said to me 
Baruch Hashem, we came and we did because we're just in the middle of a couple of very, very heavy seasons, the June-July season, and obviously what's going to be happening after Tisha B'Av. So this is a really good time for us to be here, Baruch Hashem. Yes, definitely. We are uh, uh, quite full. We still have... uh uh, some rooms, but uh, August is very. Busy. I can only imagine what it's going to be like. Uh, tell me what else is happening. You know, we, we, for so many years we spoke about renovations, we spoke about That's developments, and now done. we get to enjoy the fruits That's of your labor. It. That's it. We, uh, we are done. We finished the renovation. Uh, that was the last project. Was uh, right. the restaurant. Uh, so we have these new rooms, the premium rooms, very big rooms. Uh, from 36 square meters to 48 square meters, a lot of suite, new suite, a new pool that we've redone completely, a new big terrace in top of the pool to for to do weddings and chupas, looking over the whole city. And we have a new lobby and a new uh, courtyard that now people are sitting uh, finally in this uh, courtyard that was so beautiful. But we didn't succeed to bring the people right. there. Now people are people sitting. Are enjoying we it. have redone. We have opened it to to the hotel, and people are able to to sit there. We have redone the breakfast area also, and the buffet. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, you got it all. <laughs> uh, the shops and boutiques completely redone. Yes. Your check-in system completely redone. That's right. Elevator system, which already you know has been like this for a while, but again, in the scheme of things, completely yeah, redone. We've redone three years ago. Yeah, so you really have. I, I think the entire list is complete. Now we're at the point where I guess it's going to start again at some point. But but you can rest and uh, and uh, and relax at the moment. Uh, now we have to bring the people. In and uh, and, and you it. are bringing the people in. It seems to be a very popular uh, hotel still. Uh, we are now sitting in July, which means that listeners of ours, as you know, will be coming here in droves starting in the middle of August. Plus, mm-hmm. this year the Chagim are very late, so people yeah. would rather sit in the Sukkah in Yerushalayim than That's sit right. in the Sukkah in New Jersey. So you are now booking for Rosh Hashanah and for Sukkot. People That's should keep right. that in mind. Sukkot, uh, Rosh Hashanah, we still have uh, some rooms. Sukkot, that's the time that we are already at 60%. Right. But very quickly, uh, as we know, during the summer, the people are beginning to book and we will, we will be full uh, for Sukkot as usual. And I know that you assume that most people know this, but some people don't think of it until they have a student in Israel. Anybody, any parent that has a student in Israel, you accommodate those students. They stay with the parents. You, they, they speak to you and your staff and they're able to work out a wonderful deal. Yes, we have also this uh, deal in uh, our internet site. Ah, good. You can have a look. You can book online. It's easy. It's a good deal. We are trying to help the people that are coming to see their, uh, their kids. Right. Usually they like to have them for uh, Shabbat. Right. So the deal is, uh, is good and uh, we are happy to participate in these big programs. All right, so everybody out there, uh, take advantage of all the different specials and all the uh, different offers that the Inbal is making. Uh, what else did you want and to do? We, we have also, uh, now you have the possibility of booking the winter deals that, is, uh, that are now in, uh, in internet, and that's a, a good deal when you're booking in advance. So people that are coming during the winter, uh, Not just January vacation, but the uh, winter months. The winter, winter months. months, whoever is coming, it's a good time to, to do a, 
the the, the special, reservation right, and the to get a special price for, for right, that's it. good to know people should keep that in mind as everyone uh, so many people are playing not everyone's like us we decided the last minute to come to israel and stay for a couple of days most people plan it out months in advance right. and they know they're going to be here for a couple of weeks so they should take advantage of all the specials what else do you have for and us we what we have is what's happening on the coming weeks we yeah. have the uh, the cin- uh, Cinema Festival, International Film Festival of Jerusalem that is very known It'll now. be based at the end It will be. It is based in the Cinematheque, right. but all the Participants. Uh, fa- famous people that are coming for uh, this are staying in the hotel. Nice. And we have also, we are sponsoring also the Piano Festival at the Museum. Oh, uh, at the theater. Very nice. That are our uh, neighbors. So we have to be part of uh, the city, and we are participating in this festival. Aruch Hashem. A lot of great things going on here at the Inbal. Well, you know what we think of this amazing hotel. We love it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a tremendous hub of activity. There are so many people that gather at the Inbal. Right. Um, we are very close to the uh, American uh, in Israel. And, and the hotel is uh, 75% of the clients are Americans. Right. So we are, we are thinking America and we are uh, doing our uh, programs, uh, menus, thinking about the people that uh, Jewish people in uh, the States. Well, you're doing a great job. Check out the Inbal, everybody. You can search them online. And don't forget, whether you're staying at the Inbal or not, um, come to the O2 restaurant. It's a delicious brand new restaurant, just eight months old here at the Inbal Hotel. Uh, it's in the back of the uh, lobby lounge area that you're used to if you've seen the Inbal layout before. The food is amazing. Every review we've heard has been incredible. Uh, come and enjoy and be part of this unique dining experience. Todarabat to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to be here. And thank nice you for your you gracious hospitality. Ronnie Timson is, of course, the general manager here at the Inbal Hotel. He is the man in charge. He's the man that allows us to, uh, or we'll, we'll have, don't worry, that allows us to uh, participate uh, here at the Inbal with everything that they offer and, of course, to use the Inbal Hotel as our broadcast center. And this gives me a chance to thank the staff of the Inbal Hotel, all the wonderful people uh, who have helped us um, uh, to connect uh, to the Nahum Single Network home back in the United States and to uh, assist us in broadcasting today and every time we broadcast from here. Um, uh, Dasi Samusi is with us from Ezer Mitzion. Shalom, shalom. Hi, Nachum. Great to see you again. Do you again. remember our visit to Ezer Mitzion? For, remember? How could I forget? <laughs> that was awesome. Before our Anglewood uh, Shabbos of Heroes. I, I want to tell you something. Um, I don't know what you heard about that Shabbat. That Shabbat, and I was only there Saturday night. Uh, when I walked in, I was told by many, many people how inspiring that Shabbat was. Saturday night was, and you know I've hosted a lot of events in my career. It was one of the most significant gatherings I was ever at. Uh, first of all, the reunion, donor, and uh, which was incredible. That was but awesome. But that wasn't the only part of the night. There was just a, an incredible feeling in the room that people together were saving lives, that people were trying to do something to really make Azermitzion as strong as possible. And I know that you and your organization felt that. You felt it was a well, really, it's really inspiring authentic. event. It was amazing, and it's, it's authentic. Everybody who's there is part of it. 
part of the, the, the Jewish DNA right. and this chain, this partnership of saving lives all over the world. It Thank you, amazing. Nachum, for your share in it. Uh, whatever we could do. Yeah. Um, all right, Dasi. I was told that you have a, uh, a a discussion for us about what's happening this summer. Dafka, this summer. What's going on this well, summer? This summer is um, summer is one of our busiest seasons. Interesting. Yes, Ezemitzion hosts ten different camps for different populations. Actually, there are seventeen sessions of ten different population oriented camps. This is in Israel. In Israel. Six of them are overnight. I didn't even think summer camping was that big in Israel. Wow, it's funny. Well, these are special populations right. and um Ezmitzion is there because we understand the importance. A lot of these, let's say the special needs children mm-hmm. who have no framework for about three weeks, and parents go nuts, and they don't have what to do. And Ezemitzion is there um, giving them a safe, fun environment and tapping into the vacation in a constructive way. And that's really, really a lifesaver for the families. We have our cancer patient summer retreats, which is not just the cancer patients. It's a time for the whole family to come together and to have a great time together. And that's something very, so it's family very camping. That's family <laughs> camping, yes. And then we have our mental health populations, which we have four different types of camps for the mental health rehab. We have for the clients themselves, mental health rehabilitation clients. We have for families who are caring for a member in the family, and we have a couples retreat, which is something awesome and unbelievable where you have one of the two pair, the husband or the wife, who are mental health rehab, and it's amazing. It really, really is amazing. It's something that's totally unusual because you don't find a lot of couples who stay together for a long time after after mental health uh, issues manifest themselves. And here we are, we were privileged to have it for the first time this year, 70 couples coming together, breaking a stigma and, um, and saying, here we are, we're dealing with it, we're living with it, and um, we're coming for your, for your encouragement and support. So 10 programs, 17 sessions. Right, right, right. Unbelievable. Right. Um, the organization is, it seems to us, continues to grow like crazy. Uh, the number of people, and I know the IDF helped a lot. That, that's been obvious. And when we quoted the numbers at that event, people got the feeling that the IDF helped a tremendous amount. But it seems in general, uh, not just concentrating on the IDF, there's so much more interest among people young and old to just be swabbed, to just be involved in this whole process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And our, our registry keeps growing. And we're doing um, ethnic drives targeted at specific communities. Our most recent one was for a two-year-old child named by the name of Imri, who was from um, South, uh, from um, some kind of a, a unique combination also, maybe um, um, Georgian, Bukharan, uh, Turkey combination. A and Right, right, right. And, and this is why we, we, we see more and more that the way the registry is being grown through the IDF is really an ideal way because we're covering every ethnicity and all of the ethnic combinations. I remember you said that was an important component right? to the whole IDF Yes, project. it right. absolutely is. And, and 75% of our, of our um, transplants come in the last year, it was 74%, came from, from donors, members of the registry who are under the age of 25 
That means that we have to keep growing the registry with younger donors. Younger is better as far as the transplant outcomes. That's a proven scientific research thing and the facts and the, <laughs> and the transplant centers without knowing who they are absolutely prefer the IDF and the and the younger soldier the younger um, members of the registry because of the p good patient outcomes whole thing makes sense of course Dasi Samusi is with us Azer Mitzion all right um, you have a lot of people listening right now in the diaspora uh, what could they do to help they can they can participate on a financial basis, right? Sponsor a uh, absolutely a swabbing or more. I assume the website has all the information. Am I right? About everything, that? everything. www.ezermitzion e z e r m i z i o n dot org. There you have your donate options. You can take part in any way that you choose. Check it out. And, and anybody who wants to be a supporter, and I mean a a, a supporter you can rely on. Uh, I, I think one of the best things they could do is take a tour of what's going on at Ezermitzion. I didn't even realize that you had the infrastructure that you have. Uh, you know, registry, we're not sure what that means, we hear registry, but then we go to your offices and your unique setup there for parents and for patients and for children, and it's uh, quite I mean, a sight. our cancer patient guest home. Exactly, yeah. That's right, and it and offers... It's more a, than that, there's so many components to it. That's right, there's a lot of activities and therapies there right. for, for cancer patients, for their siblings, for children, hospital. right near the hospital, for spouses, it's a... Esmitian understands that when illness strikes, it doesn't hit just the patient. It's a family issue, and we. The important thing is the road to recovery has to be taken all together. The whole family is a single unit, and that's we're there for them, for every single one of them, every step of the way. All right, Esmitian website is a great resource. Dasi, I thank you very much for being thank here. Thank you, Nachum. Have a great stay, and we look thank forward you. to welcoming you again. And, and regards to all those who are. In these summer programs, I didn't, I, everyone, everyone assumes summer, everybody's got a relaxing time. You and Acer Mitzion have just the opposite. Well, with over <laughs> 4,000 campers, 260 staff members, and 1,500 volunteers, you could understand that it's a very busy season for us. Thank you, Nachum. Thank Take you care. so much. Dasi Samusi, Acer Mitzion. More coming up. You are listening to the Nachum Siegel Network.
You never know who you're going to run into when you're in Israel. Uh, actually, we did know in advance that Michael Fragan would be traveling with some very distinguished uh, guests um, uh, here this week. And uh, that was one of the outgrowths of our conversation back at Gotta Get a Bagel on Long Island this past Thursday. And among them, uh, he has brought uh, or he has accompanied here to Israel a uh, Nick Langworthy. Nick Langworthy is the chair of the uh, Republican Committee in New York State. The New York State Republican Committee. Yes, there is a New York State <laughs> Republican Committee. Nick Langworthy, accompanied by the great Michael Fragan. Welcome to JM in the AM. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Nahum. I appreciate the people that I've been able to bring inside the tent. Yes, you've brought in some great guests, and, and Nick is among them. Uh, well, welcome to Israel, number one. Uh, I would. Assume, how long have you been here? I've been here since, uh, what was it, Sunday? Sunday, oh, yeah, so, Sunday morning. So you've had a couple of days to, to already take in some of the amazing things about this great country. Um, was that me? Oh, sorry about that. The, <laughs> the, and by the way, you can watch us at facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Um, there's a unique relationship between the United States and Israel, and there's a unique relationship between New York State and Israel. I think you could also say there's a unique relationship between New York City and Israel. Uh, you may have noticed that even Democratic officials in New York State, um, up until now, we'll see if that's going to change, have gone out of their way 
to inform people when they've invested in Israel or when they've traveled to Israel or when they've done anything, frankly, that would be uh, favorable to the pro-Israel public. It's a really big deal, uh, both among Democrats and Republicans. And um, I think what we're experiencing now with a White House that is that is completely dedicated, it seems, to the state of Israel and its future is unique, is different. Like I said, in New York State, Democrat or Republican, they're all out there telling you what they've done. In Washington, it's not been like that recently. We saw a really contentious relationship between a Democratic president and the leadership of Israel. What's your comments about how the current president uh, treats the state of Israel at this point? Well, I don't, I don't think we've had a United States president that has been more dedicated to the state of Israel. And he is uh, someone that I support you know, all the way. Um, I've been uh, a strong supporter of President Trump back to way before he was a candidate for the presidency. We tried to draft him into a race for governor of the state. So we uh, we have a long-standing relationship. Wow. Uh, in 2014, you know, we, we tried to give him his entry into the political realm, and, and he ultimately made the, the right decision um, that uh, that race wasn't for him, but he had his eyes, and he made it clear to us at that time his eyes were set on running for the presidency of the United States because he wanted to help fix this country. And I think we have a president that, you know, the, the political establishment doesn't like because he actually says what he means and he means what he says. So when he, you know, ran on a, on a platform that he was going to stand strong uh, with Israel, I, I don't think anyone should have doubted that, that he was going to move the embassy and he did. Um, those those are promises that he, he made and promises that he kept. And you know how you know he's doing the right thing? Because the media can't stand it. They just, Time Magazine is so bothered that he has a nice relationship with the Prime Minister of Israel. They're so annoyed that he moved that embassy. They're so upset that he speaks about annexation of the Golan Heights, that he speaks about a strong military presence for Israel against enemies like Iran and others. And they just can't take it. And I think that's the best indication. When the Democrats and Democratic leadership and the media both can't stand what the president's done in regard to Israel, then I think we know he's done a pretty good job. He's been very effective, and in, in we need to get him reelected. And 2020 is uh, very the, – the, the stakes in front of us in, in the elections in the United States are, are so important. You must dream about the possibility of him actually – winning New York State, but I guess it's something that's just not possible, huh? I mean, we have to be real. I, I like right. to wear a realistic hat right, in my that. job, and, um, you know, our, our mission, um, if, if he were to win New York State, he'd probably win 49 right. or 50 states, uh, but I guess stranger things have happened. 1984, Ronald Reagan right. uh, made that happen, country, right? uh, but, um, you know, in, in more realistic, you know, missions, we have to go get back the seats in Congress that we lost in 2018. Right. We need to go uh, put Republicans back in a position of strength in our state legislature and the state Senate and, uh, you know, fight a lot of the things that have happened. I mean, the, the nationally, we're going to have uh, a choice on the ballot between President Trump in free market capitalism that has uh, made America, you know, the wonderful country that it is or socialism, no matter who is on the ballot. Is We're finally going to have that head-to-head matchup. You, I mean, I look back to the year 2000, Bush and Gore, and when you look back at the platforms those candidates were running <laughs> on, there wasn't a dime's worth of difference between what they stood for. When you look at today, the drastic differences in American politics and that the polarization between the two parties, um, I, you know, I watched the Democratic presidential debate. I don't know what pre- country they're running to be president of. Uh, Nick Langworthy is with us, chair of the Republican Committee for New York State. Um the 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 point you are making about 
um, state races is so vital. Uh, yes, we wish. We, in Hebrew, we would say, or Yiddish, I guess, we'd say halavai. We wish, right, that we'd have a Republican governor. Uh, certainly one as good as the Republican governors of, of the past in New York State. But we've seen what's happened now in New York State. We've seen that the legislature has really been completely overrun by Democrats. A lot of things have happened, both in the business community and in other communities that are now, uh, you know, things we'd like to change. In order to change them, you need a lot of motivation. You need a lot of fire in the belly of a lot of men and women who want to make a difference. Are you feeling that? Are you getting out there in New York State and finding people who feel they have the strength and the wallet and the and the and the uh, the drive to go and win some of these key races? That, that's the whole reason I ran for chairman of the party. I saw us getting knocked down so hard, harder than we probably have been knocked down since Watergate, and a party that nothing was happening. Nothing was changing. No wake-up call after the election. Uh, so, you know, I have been chairman of my county's Republican Party in Erie County, home of Buffalo, uh, for nine years. And we've we've won a lot more than we've lost. And we're in a dark blue area, two to one in enrollment. Uh, the Democrats control it. But we've won eight out of our last ten countywide offices in Erie County. We've been, in, in many years, we've been one of the lone bright spots in the whole state for Republicans. Uh, and I just said, we have to do something here. We have to have a wake-up call, and uh, I ran, and I ran hard, and I traveled the entirety of the state uh, on a platform that I was going to go rebuild, retool, and revitalize the Republican Party in the state of New York, and we needed to have that wake-up call, and you know, slowly but surely, people started to join on with the team and say, all right, we can throw the status quo out the window. We can go, and, and we have to be much more aggressive in our messaging. We have to take a, a, a piece out of the Trump playbook and call people out. And, and not, you know, be shrinking violets. Do you, Michael Fragan, think 2018 was a real wake-up call for New Yorkers or not? I think it was. I think we can no longer sit around and have politicians, have this leftward lurch in the Democratic Party, uh, far left on taxes, far left on jobs, saying no to Amazon, throwing away 25,000 jobs, going to the left on Israel. In a big way, calling, making this concentration camp comment that AOC, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, it's just deplorable. And every single Democrat, even the Jewish ones, even those who are usually there for us, yep. they, don't, to be they don't call around. And I will tell you, I give the chairman credit because I was in Albany when he made his acceptance speech when he got elected as chairman. And the chairman there included this. And this, was the, this wasn't a Jewish crowd. I mean, this was upstate New York. And he's out there making the... The safety and security of the state of Israel, anti-Semitism, and B and BDS and pro, you know pro-Israel. These are core cares. These are core issues for the Republican Party. Mr. Chairman, we thank you for that. We thank you. Well, for that. I'm sorry it, for interrupting. It's, it's but we critically thank you important. I mean, I, I look at in in people are like, well, you know, what are you doing here? You've only been elected. You were elected on July 1st, and and I said, you how know why are you going to Israel? Th- this was <laughs> important for me to make this trip. I mean, one, you know, I I need to be educated, and I need to see this with my own two eyes, and and. You know, I guess there was no time like the present uh, to get on the plane and come over. But um, we have in our own congressional delegation in New York State a member of Congress who's out there spewing anti-Semitic rhetoric. People forget she's from New York. uh, Well, because she's become this quasi-national figure in this this, this, – the Democrats treat her like she's this deity. Uh, We need to call her out. 
And, and, you know, that's why in my acceptance speech, I made sure to call out her anti-Semitic rhetoric. Oh, that's great. And, and I challenged, you know, we went to Yad Vashem this morning. I mean, I, she I, should I, go. She should get on an airplane, come over here, and go to, to Yad visit the concentration camps. She, she refused invitation to even go to Washington. To, go to, to the see. museum? I, that's so I've heard. She hasn't gone. I mean, it, it's unbelievable when you think about it. The, the equivalent, the moral equivalency of, oh. of the, what's going on in the southern border, which, of course, is tragic. The Correct. lives are tragic for so many people, but the idea that and we we went this morning, so it's obviously fresh, and it's I can't even tell you how many times I've gone. But again, once again, to see the systematic attempt to exterminate annihilate. and annihilate the Jewish people, <laughs> how can you make that equivalence between those two? As a public official, it matters what you say. And you have to be called, and as the chairman said, you have to be called to account. No, we, we are done playing nice. Michael Fragan's here with us in Jerusalem. Nick Langworthy is chair of the Republican Committee in New York State, position he holds since July 1st. All right, uh, it has to frustrate both of you, if we're going to be realistic, that it doesn't seem like there's a Republican candidate for mayor of the city of New York down the road. Now, believe me, if you tell me I'm wrong, I'll be very happy. But it just doesn't seem like we have that personality in New York City that's willing to run as a Republican and to take on somebody who, as popular as he is, has a lot of, uh, there's a, there's a lot of uh, potential, let's put it that way, to unseat him. Uh, am I wrong or am I unfortunately right? We, we have to get to work as a, as a party. I mean, you know, Think that's, there's someone out there? I, I think there's, there's plenty of people that could do the job effectively. You know, I, I mean, my primary goal over the next, you know, three and a half years is to change New York by changing governors. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Cuomo must go. Very similar to what happened when George Pataki Absolutely. Right. And, and we have a three and a half year lead up to that. Every day I'll get up and go to work is, is to that ultimate goal. Right. Um, but the mayor of the city of New York, I mean, that is a huge, you know, we have now an open seat coming. Right. Um, we, it'll be a t- totally you know, wide so open election. It, it'll be a, a very volatile situation. And, you know, we need to work with the Republican leaders in the, the city to help identify a person, you know, that could do the job. And that, you know, has the ability to sell a message right. across party lines. And, and th- that, that's what's really important. Right. For that's us true. To Appeal on. to more people. Than we just, have right. to not just be... Uh, a party that appeals to rural voters upstate New York, uh, that that we're not going to win anything by that. We need to talk about taxpayers again in New York and talk about what unites us. The state costs too much to live. Uh, you have, you know, no economic freedom in the state. Right. We're chasing away transformational job opportunities. And, and we, we pay for incredible educational systems, but what's our top export? Our kids, right. they're going somewhere else. We've right. lost 1.2 million taxpayers since Andrew Cuomo was elected governor. That's not by accident. New York City actually lost population for one of the first times last year. Uh, these are wake-up calls. We're going to lose two seats in the House of Representatives after the census. It's projected right now. See, These are bad times for New York State. I, I don't think there was much wrong with Nicole's campaign, and I think she would have been a good mayor, but I think we need some star power. I think we just need somebody who's got some of that star power or perceived star power. <laughs> no, not me, I think Michael. wants to run. That, am, I, am I hearing that? Are people in the room hearing that? Other people? <laughs> we need some star power. Now, I, I'm trying to think if Giuliani was a star before he was elected. But he was I think, the U.S. attorney. Yeah. Right, but I think, he, I, I think circumstances really helped him. And he lost him. once first. Correct, and he, and he lost back. an election so first. It, That's right. It, it may be something where you have to right. you know, go bite the apple point. twice. It, but it, it all starts with putting the energy together 
the infrastructure together. And, and my job right now is to go rebuild the infrastructure of this party across the state. It's decrepit. We right. have been out of power for a very long time as Republicans in the state. We can't just meander between elections, not build out the infrastructure, and then expect the candidates have what they need to win. I'll, I'll assume you are supporting Nicole in her, in her run yeah, for Congress. And I she's think on this trip with us here. I said to Michael. Oh, she's here in Israel now. Yeah, we should note that, that she's here in Israel now. And I said to Michael. As, last, is, as is Governor Mike Huckabee. Right. Just, uh, and I, I said to Michael last week, I think she has a much better chance in that race than than, uh, than in the mayoral race. I think she has a real shot. She, she's a she's a candidate that I know is on the radar nationally. Um, you know, the House leadership is very excited about her candidacy. Uh, I, I know she's done a very strong job the first two quarters of the year on fundraising. Uh, you know, Nicole, you know, and she represents what we need to do. We have to broaden the base of the Republican right. Party. Here you have a woman of multiple ethnicities. Right. Uh, legitimately. With, with legitimately. <laughs> is a, a Cuban and, uh, you know, as well as... Um, you know, she's a product of a Cuban immigrant and a Greek immigrant, right. and you know that's a that's a great story to tell. And she she has a, a record of accomplishment in the state assembly. She's out been out there fighting. She ran a great race against uh, Bill De Blasio, right. but the numbers just aren't there. Right. Uh, and she got into the race very late. Right. But uh, as 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 we move forward, I think she's going to get more and more aggressive in that race. And I think she's got a great shot to win. A pleasure meeting you. A big thank you. A lot of people are listening right now from our community. A big thank you that you took the time to come to Israel, and continued success as the uh, chair of the Republican. Uh, uh, committee of New York State. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, should I assume that Jerusalem is better falafel than Buffalo, or Buffalo has some good falafel places? What I'll, would, I'll be what able to you tell say? you in about an hour. Oh, okay, so you have not yet. <laughs> we, have we you have haven't f- tried the Jerusalem cuisine to compare it to Buffalo, New York. Well, we've had cuisine. We yeah. did have buffalo wings and beer the first night we were here. And so. Well, the oh. buffalo wings here are not quite as good as they don't. They, buffalo, don't, they don't stand up to what happens in not, Buffalo, New York. Yeah, not quite as a. Right. But but you know, a little bit of a run for the money. I, I uh, I've had worse <laughs> wings in upstate New York than I had in in Jerusalem. We'll put it that but way. But hey, breakfast, he said, is absolutely outstanding. So you should know. <laughs> well, that's what Israel's known for. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see if we could stump Michael on this one. Name New York's only football team. Buffalo Bills. Nice. Very nice, Go Michael. Bills. You should be proud of him for that I'm one. Very proud of him for that. <laughs> that's the that's the big stumper. I'm so glad that those of you listening across the pod are proud of me. That's wow. If for nothing else, huh? that's right. I thank you both. More coming up. You are listening to a Tuesday edition of JM of the AM uh, here from the Inbal Hotel in uh, in Jerusalem. A reminder: uh, we are in Jerusalem. It looks like again tomorrow for our show that will uh, uh, concentrate on uh, Moshav Mavo Modi'in. And, uh, of course, uh, we'll start our programming with NCSY a little later in the week. More coming up at JM in the AM.
Yehuda Green, a song he calls the Shtetl Nigun. Miami before that here at JM and the AM. We're at the Inbal, our mobile studio in Jerusalem. Tomorrow, a show that will concentrate on the um, plight of the displaced community of Moshav Mavomodin. Thursday, from Wednesday night's Yom NCSY. You're exhausted. Nah, me? We haven't even, you know. Friday. It's on what's A1. Yeah, but I'm, not, I'm honestly not that exhausted. I All right, let's go. Let's do another show right after this. <laughs> Friday, Yoni will collapse. <laughs> Yoni's like, that's the worst idea. I've ever Friday, uh, Thursday's visits to both the Michlelet and um, and and Tiswai Kolel. Uh, that's what's going to round out the week. So a very important, exciting, and incredible week here in Jerusalem and other parts of Israel. I thank everybody for tuning in. Thanks for everyone who uh, commented on the app. Thanks to those who are watching on Facebook Live. A lot of Facebook Live videos today, so thanks to those who are watching on Facebook Live. If our show works out for tomorrow the way we want, which we're hoping it will, there'll be an amazing Facebook li- Well, I shouldn't say that. There might be an amazing Facebook Live video. <laughs> Yoni's like, manage we'll expectations. All right, we'll see. I'm we're hoping for a we'll great... We'll see what happens. Exactly. We'll figure it out. And um, Bear with us, everybody. Yeah, bear with us. And... Um, People should just understand why we're being so hesitant. Yeah, because our ultimate goal, which was to broadcast from Moshav of Obodin, uh, it's being recommended to us that it's not the best of ideas. Uh, the infrastructure there is in very bad shape, and the majority, and when I mean majority, I mean overwhelming majority of families that were there are nowhere near there anymore. So it's not like we would meet people that are you know, victims of uh, what had happened. So we'll figure it out, and we'll uh, let you know first thing in the morning. Um, We're also not here to tax people who are already under stress. Let's correct. just make that very clear. Correct. Keep that in mind when you... Uh, when not you. you. Oh, you, I'm, I'm here I'm to sorry stress. Sorry about that. <laughs> a big thank you to Simon Jacob, the chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative. And a big happy birthday to Stacy Siegel. Yes. Who, when I said to her uh, for the eighth time, I feel so bad I'm going to be in Israel for your birthday, she said, I forgive you. I said, man, that basically sums up, that basically sums up the uh, three minutes left. That basically sums it all up. So thank you and happy birthday to Stacy, And um, I'll have a chance to celebrate with her this Sunday. Unless it's a fast day. Is it a fast <laughs> day Sunday? Please God not. Amen, Simon. You know, you know what we always say about Stacy Siegel's birthday? It is very rare that it's not in the nine days or three weeks. And of course this year it's not in the nine days or three so weeks. So it's now very rare that it's not in the nine days, three weeks, or that you're home. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's the story. Uh, a very, very, very big thank you to everybody, especially to Mary Malwalek and Yoni Pollock and Avrami Finkelstein and ZK and Yigal and everybody who has a role in putting these shows together. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. I want to toss in a thank you to both Mark and Matis as well. I know Mark was tuned in earlier today. So a big thank you to them and to all of our wonderful staff members. Coming up next on a Tuesday, JM Rewind. <laughs> After that, it'll be, uh, it'll be a live lunch with Avrami, who's very happy that he's in the United States now <laughs> for these couple of weeks. Because he gets to wake up extra, extra early to help us out. So thank you, Avrami. Uh, from the Inbound Jerusalem, where we say thank you for their gracious hospitality, we say this is Nahum Siegel and his amazing staff reminding you. Uh, did we do Achim Yisrael? We did that? Uh, reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. Yeah.